Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. my frame chasers it's wednesday and you already know what it is a new episode of chasing the frame today i'm with the other half of rising again productions adriel roman right that's correct all right sweet i'm terrible at last names i'm terrible at first names as a common occurrence <laughs> on the show both of them man this is greatly impressive i practiced so much 45 episodes dude. 45 <laughs> episodes in and i finally get last names correct for once but before we start the episode we have to take care of some housekeeping first first off we gotta thank our affiliate partner Artlist.io. Artlist is a powerful music licensing licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. With a thousands of new songs and a full year of unlimited downloads, you can find exactly the music you need for your project. Music licensing music licensing is often a complicated, expensive mess, which slows us down and gets in the way of the creative plot process. By offering direct and unlimited access to our entire catalog of inspiring music for a single annual subscription fee. We believe that Artlist is the solution. If you join with our affiliate link today, you will get one year and two extra months free. So check out that link in our description and join Artlist.io, an inspiring music licensing platform created for filmmakers or by filmmakers for filmmakers. Do you have that? Pla- do you use Artlist.io? I know people that have, and they've had a wonderful experience. I'm, I'm with you on the boat of like usually getting music for video yeah. and getting clearances. It's expensive. Yes. Clients don't want to pay for it. So pain having something like that is magnificent, man. It is. I highly recommend it just for, especially for your business too. Yeah. But again, uh, also guys, second, we have shirts, shirts and shirts. We got shirts at teespring. That's T double E spring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. And last but not least, it's that time of the show when I ask you, the listener, if you'd like to donate to the cause. It's up to you. No pressure as long as you are getting valuable information. I'm happy with that. So don't worry about it. If you don't want to donate, that's fine. Again, I'll just to give you the donations things just in case. It's paypal.me slash podcast. Cash app is jdemarco3. Also, we are accepting Litecoin and XRP donations on the YouTube. So we are keeping the good faith into cryptocurrency because, hey, it's the future. Let's be honest about it. Plus, it doesn't have to be a whole Litecoin right now, and XRP is dirt cheap at the moment of recording this in February 13th on Valentine's Day, and under a dollar XRP is. So you can like give me 25 cents if you like. I don't really care. 
Uh, thirdly, you can also donate if you're listening through uh, Anchor on our homepage there. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase Rams today? So, Adriel, first question I ask everyone on the podcast yeah, what is, it? is where are you from originally? I'm born and raised right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. My man. Okay. Welcome home. Homegrown. 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 All right. Second question is what was the movie, TV show, actor, actress, you know, content writer, whatever it was that inspired you and you said to yourself, I want to do this? <sighs> That's tough, man. Um, you know, it really wasn't even, I would even go as far as to say it wasn't a person. It wasn't. Okay. That's not entirely true. Wait, so let me lie. backtrack. I think it was middle school, <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Just to put the simple answer, you know, I never even saw myself pursuing art mm -hmm. until my mom involuntarily signed me up for drama class when oh. I was leaving elementary school into middle. And she told me, look, I just feel like you have a personality that's going to work for this. If you don't like it after your first year, you don't have to do it. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll try drama <laughs> out. Next thing you know, it's really funny, you know, um, Diane Bueller, who was the person I'm telling you right now is probably my inspiration. If I had to pick one was the drama teacher. And she told me I had a striking, striking resemblance to, uh, Elvis Presley. Oh, and interesting. I enough, can kind of see that a little bit now, <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, cool. That's really kind of here. I look like Elvis. <laughs> and, uh, she ended up doing a musical that year okay. where they, it was all dead artists. And one of them was Elvis. So she, put, Elvis? she put me on stage as Elvis. <laughs> I had the whole do up, you know, I had to research jailhouse rock. It was hilarious. It just this little sixth grader. And I'm telling you, man, ever since that day, I got to play Elvis. I don't know if it's her. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to say it's her that inspired me, man, or my mom, if I'd had to put one of the two, cause it's it really was those two equations. It. It's yeah. mom. <laughs> no offense, mom. <laughs> That's exactly how it so works. So do you out, listen man. to Elvis now still today? Have you I, appreciate Elvis more? Oh yeah, okay. I appreciate okay. Elvis more because you know, trying to play him especially being completely adolescent in performance, you know, yeah. as everyone is in middle school, it's like you don't know how impressive it is to rock a stage like the King yeah. of Rock was, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he really knew how to handle a mic, a performance, mm -hmm. his voice, so just even trying to lip sync as him for 10 yeah. minutes and do the lip snarl like you, did you watch any videos or movies that, like of the king? She made me watch my my teacher and I had sit next to each other and we had had to like watch a bunch of those movies. Wow. So Jailhouse Rock, we actually okay. watched those films and recreated sequences. Yeah, and yeah. I had I tried to nail his choreography, like literally move for Holy move shit. from some of those in the movie. You should watch Forrest Gump. He he started it all. <laughs> Forrest Gump's the shit, man. I love that. <laughs> Have you read me. the book, by the way? No, you can curse. It's fine. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's good to know, man, because I got a sailor fucking tongue, so I'm excited about that. Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, no, man, I don't read a lot. That's, okay. I, that's one thing I got to say off the <laughs> bat. You know, maybe I should read yeah. Forrest Gump. Uh, I've never I've never read most novels that have been okay. adapted into films. I'm a huge film buff, yeah. so I usually just like to watch what okay. Uh, okay. a director's vision of, a, right. of a book you, that's been pre-written. I think you should give it a shot, though, for certain okay. books like uh, Jaws. You know, if you, if you read Jaws, it'll blow your mind because yeah. the, the Jaws you see on screen is totally different than the Jaws you see in in the book would you say that the book's more tense the book is different because i'm gonna give it away to you so, yeah, go so ahead, you know you, you still jaws 2 right yeah okay so sure. in jaws 1 the mafia plays a bigger role a okay B, like uh the shark kills quint like captain ahab and uh moby dick uh c matt hooper dies and d matt hooper and uh brody's wife has an, have an affair together oh my god yeah so yeah <laughs> that's a lot to lay on yeah, me at one I, time. I just laid like a whole shit ton of things on you. It's like I made a cake and I just said, eat the whole thing. Yeah, man. And it was delicious, but it also, I'm having a stomach ache now, you know? I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. So, okay. So we're going back to the king of uh, rock over there. So you're Elvis. Yeah. You're doing that. What grade at middle school? I think you said sixth. sixth. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. So you're doing that and then you you enjoy it. I loved okay, it. Okay. So cool. Uh, even though I was being made fun of like yeah, yeah. every day, because, you know, in middle school, I went to a public school. Okay. What art, school? Uh, Schofield right okay. here in Las Vegas. And uh, I got to be honest, man, like at least in the political climate, I'm sure things have changed. I'm yeah, sure yeah. we know in the last like six, seven years, the climate has changed a lot for yeah. how even kids act or are allowed to act in schools. Yeah, but definitely, you know, I can tell you right now. now, if you were in drama, when I was in drama yeah. in sixth grade, you were the outcast. You either stick with your drama kids or the rest yeah. of the kids are kind of making fun of you. But you know, I, I would say that that also made it better for me because mm -hmm. I had so much fun being on stage that like none of that really mattered okay. too much. That's you good know? though. That's good. As long as it, and it also probably like made you a better person in the sense of like your personality, like grew in that regard too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Just kind of grew into the artistry. Yeah, yeah. And then so seventh, anything crazy in seventh or eighth grade that happened in middle school? Um, yeah. So then the next year I really wanted, you know, I, I already, my little ego was starting yeah. and I was like, I want to get another lead. I want to get a lead, you know, I want to get a lead role. I'm so excited. It's my next year. So you're not humble. You're ego. <laughs> at, at this point. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't been humbled yet. My friend, the humbling didn't start till like eighth grade. So here I am little ego. I'm like, I played Elvis. Okay. I'm going yeah. I'm going to do some more. So there was this really wish I remember what the show was called, but it was this middle school production about doctors in a bad hospital. Okay. And I didn't get the lead and I was kind of bummed about it, but I was like, okay, <laughs> I still got a smaller part, whatever, you know, here I look at, look how shitty that sounds, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't get the lead, whatever. Yeah. So then the lead of the show ended up like getting into some school trouble and oh, he got shit. kicked out. Uh oh. So me and Diane back to Diane Bueller, who I, you know, I, yeah. I, I'd thank for a lot of who I am today. Uh, she was like, Hey, I want to give you a shot. Can I just throw you into it? Like we, yeah. we opened in like a week. So Holy I had to shit. like so go in there days, yeah, I had to like end to learn it. And you know what, man, we pulled it off. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think that was, that was what would have been an ego driver for a yeah. lot of people was actually like the humbling moment for me because I realized like this shit falls into people's laps sometimes. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of the industry, man. There is a lot of luck. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you're just talking from a middle school standard, I, I wasn't supposed to have that part and, yeah, and no, I yeah. didn't even earn it. It was yeah. really just, I had a good relationship with mm -hmm. her and one kid messed up bad enough that I got to jump into the hot seat. So yeah, lucky. That's regard, it. Yeah. Man. And that's it. And I, can't, I don't know why that experience, like, yeah. although I was grateful, I very much had a realization at that moment. Like, that's you know. pretty young too. Yeah, man. I don't know. So the funny thing about that too, you have a week to learn that. You know, it's funny. Someone on the podcast, uh, this lady, Janaea Kaufman, um, she had to learn a role in three weeks. So you just beat her on one week. How much coffee did you drink? Did you <laughs> no, even man, drink coffee I, no, man, at that I, time? <laughs> not that I wasn't allowed to drink it in seventh grade, but I definitely didn't have a taste for it. So I don't know, man. You know, I hope I'm not exaggerating that seven day process now because I'm not trying to beat the record that you've had on this show, but uh, I definitely know it was not yeah. a lot of time, man. It yeah. was not a lot of time. Okay. So then eighth grade, what you did, what you did, what you do. Um, eighth grade, there was another show called how the West was done, uh, which was kind of exactly like I the hospital like I heard that show. Before. Yeah. It's just making fun of all these old yeah, yeah. Western films like Deputy Dudley and like all okay. these De deputy Dudley do wrong was his name and he can't ever <laughs> do anything right. Just these silly characters. But you know, once again, I got yeah. to play in that and. I don't know. It wasn't that that wasn't really a remarkable yeah. moment. It was really just me getting ready to go into high school where yeah. I was deathly ready to like put my life into learning what it meant to actually act and so put then, in my app for uh, LVA. So then what you got into LVA, right? Yeah. I think that's when you met Edgar, right? Yeah, we met yes. we both met at that school. And then you're doing the acting thing in LVA. What's that experience like in high school? 
you know, man, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. It's a really complicated answer. Yeah. I think if you went to a public school where, you know, maybe drama and arts aren't taken as seriously or have less funding. Cause that's just how yeah. it is out here in Clark County. I mean, arts is just, you know, that's just how yeah. we are. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of money for it. So LBA was that school that had all the money that had all the teachers that said they were passionate about it. Yeah. Um, you know, had actually been out there in the industry. And that's and a magnet school, right? Yeah, it's too, a yeah. magnet. So you had to audition to get in, but it was yeah. still free and paid with, you know, tax which is money crazy, whatnot, by the which way. Is really like, cool. That's really crazy. Like I didn't, I don't think there was ever a magnet school in Jersey. I don't think I think that's a thing out here. I don't even. It's I, a West Coast concept. Yeah, I, guess, you think? I think it's a West Coast concept, and I'm and maybe it's not a Jersey concept. Maybe this is in other states by in the East Coast. Yeah, but I never heard of that until I came out here. It's started, crazy. Yeah, it gives kids a chance. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's great. I mean, I should. I wish I had magnet school back in the day. <laughs> Uh, but maybe after I tell you a little bit more, yeah, go you, ahead, it tell won't me be more. the biggest, you know, it won't be the biggest like mishap that you yeah. missed out on in your life. So there's that great aspect, right? You get to spend an hour of every day doing what you love. Okay. You know, so just one class. Kind of selective. Yeah. You okay. have like your, you have your, your theater, you have mm. your art, you have your, at the time, international studies. So okay. if you wanted to learn a language and master it by the end, maybe yeah. for translation purposes, they had everything you can major in that. And yeah. you'd always do it every day mm -hmm. for at least one class. Yeah. Man, you know, there's pros and there's cons. Yeah. You want to get into a competitive environment, but the competitive environment isn't very healthy or proactive. Why not? Because the teachers eventually have the same problem that I think happens throughout school and there's not really a way to avoid it, which is favoritism and teacher's pets, right? Yeah. So you can do your best to manipulate and try to become that teacher's pet. Or if you don't believe in that, then the truth of the matter is you're not really going to make it very far. Gotcha. So I didn't really play the teacher's pet game at first yeah. and everything was just going bad. Like even if I had shown up and really prepared for auditions, yeah. like scores were really low. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm getting in really good with specific teachers and mm -hmm. I'm getting casting notices and I'm getting callbacks and it's not just something I've noticed. It's a lot of people that yeah, I yeah. know and it's not really talking shit on LVA's name. I'm, I don't regret going there. I wouldn't have met my significant other. I yeah. wouldn't have met Edgar and started our company. I mean, like a lot of things needed to have there, but I don't know, man. Like it's, system, it, I think more or less than, it, than the actual experience, right? That, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just the kind of caveat that comes along with schooling yeah. and it's not a fair competitive environment because of favoritism. Not saying that that doesn't happen in our industry and yeah. that, you know, look at, look at let some examples like, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. Let's look at Adam Sandler. I know yeah. that putting those two in a category is yeah, like, how are you comparing them? But they do cast their same clique that yeah. they've worked with for a majority of their career and write yeah, yeah. these roles. It kind of ends up being like that in high school in the same way. So I see how it's relative to yeah. the industry and teaching you young, like yeah, yeah. you better get in with the right people. But I don't know, man, that's a time for training. I believe yeah. that school is you go there because you want to learn how to be better. Mm -hmm. You should give everyone equal opportunity to have the tools. Look, I agree. And uh, uh, Adam Sandler and the Quentin Tarantino is something we'll touch upon later in the show about the community in general. So we'll talk about that later because okay. I have some I ideas I'll toss to you or thoughts and awesome. opinions. Uh, so high school, you're doing this whole thing. Any major, you know, plays or, you know, musicals that like you remember that were really like. Oh, yeah. So there? Yeah. The, the show that probably you know, define that I was going to do this for yeah. the rest of my life was Taming of the Shrew. Okay. And I got the opportunity to play Petruchio. So I okay. was, you know, I had over 1500 lines to Holy memorize. Shit. You know, <laughs> my mother passed while in oh, rehearsal for that show. Oh my gosh. I'm it sorry. was so bad. No, it, it's okay, man. Uh, it was so bad that like the director didn't even want me to be a part of it. She was yeah. like, look, you're not going to, 
you have 1500 lines to memorize. Like this isn't going to work. Like it's okay. Like take your time. But honest to God, man, like that show is what pulled me out. Like it was like, I needed something to put all my time into. So we had about a month and a half between her passing and show opening. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. I was like, let me use this time to build on myself. I mean, she was the one that put me in the middle school program. Yeah. So I even had a lot of link to that emotion Mm. of like, I got to make sure that this was worth it. You know, I can't just drop out of this show. Um, I'm in my sophomore year. Not a lot of people, even in their sophomore year, get an opportunity to be in a role like this. So I couldn't let it go. Was that one for mom? Would you say? For sure, man. For sure. It was a lot of emotional things for her, man. You know, a... Uh, the director had reserved a seat in the very front row every night that yeah. wasn't allowed to be touched. Yeah. And, you know, that was for her and spirit. Yeah. And I really appreciate her doing that because the front row seats go quick. Like yeah, that's definitely. where everyone wants to sit. So, you know, having one of those reserved and they did a whole toast for her at our uh, final dinner before opening night. So, you know, the casting crew was really yeah. involved with making that a healthy yeah, yeah. growing experience for me. But Ultimately, what it was, man, was, you know, being a part of that show and not having to go home and think about it so yeah, long, yeah. go home and drown myself out in lines, yep. go back to school, lines, you know yeah. what I mean? Go drown myself in lines, freak myself out if I could even remember all this yeah. shit. <laughs> and how did you, how did you remember all that shit? Did you like, or like, you know, play on a tape recorder and just like listen to it nightly or some shit? I would record myself as all the other characters on a tape recorder oh, wow. and then I would leave space for myself. Yeah. And then I would go in and play back my own voice and, okay. and play to myself that every single dreams. night. <laughs> just, I say something and then I hear myself respond and yeah. I hear myself respond. And it's like, I think I'm going crazy. This is what <laughs> schizophrenia is like, you know, but you different voices at least. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Oh, okay. I tried, you I mean, know, high pitch for the females, yeah. whatever I could, you know, but I'm going crazy, crazy. <laughs> uh, so you're doing that. And then how I actually, I don't know if I asked you this. I haven't asked you this yet, but I don't know if I asked this either. How'd you guys meet in high school? Actually, that, I mean, yeah, if we, I did ask him, I heard his side. I want to hear your side then. We met, you know, okay. So it's funny because he was a year ahead of me. Yeah. We ended up graduating the same year because I graduated early, mm-hmm. but we, he was ahead of me. So I didn't have any classes with him until my junior year. Um, your junior year? Yeah. My, cause this oh, is my life. I only I'm did like, wait, three. What? So I'm like, I don't know what to call it. My final year, my third year. Um, I like that. I actually, yeah. I like that <laughs> for uh, all you juniors out there. Yeah. Like, it's your juniors now. Um, he ended up getting film studies class with me, not yeah. film studies, film production. They called it something. It was a new program. Okay. Yeah. They had just opened it the year we were both graduating. They had just started the program. So he and I went in there. Yeah. Um, we had already briefly met, had some bus rides together, used yeah. to play on his iPad. Like we were just friends that yeah. would pass by. But when we started in that class together, man, we ended up getting grouped together for projects. Okay. We were putting together short films. Yeah. You know, he was still doing his own stuff. He had actually done a film in school that he had won an award for. I'm yeah, sure he, he talked about. Out. But, you know, like we had worked together a lot and mm-hmm. that grew a really good bond. But what's really funny is he was growing a really good bond with this other kid and they yeah. had had plans one day to like open a production company yeah. and stuff. So, you know, I don't even know if we knew that early on that we were ever going to yeah. work together like that. He had his own. I wanted to go be an actor really bad. Yeah. Film wasn't even in my view in mm-hmm. high school. Um, so, you know, we met briefly in other moments, but it was that class that really yeah. made us good friends. Okay. And I don't think if we had, if we didn't have that class together, we wouldn't have tried to figure this out in the future. Yeah. It was definitely the step. What acting method do you prefer or use or you like to use? Um, Are you an Adler, Strasburg, uh, Meisner? <laughs> I have a controversial opinion on this. Okay, go ahead. I want to hear it, actually. <laughs> I have an opinion that you should act in a healthy fucking way. Okay, okay. so let me explain, explain what that means. So 
Meisner pisses me the fuck off. You know what? By the way, just throw this out there. I feel like everyone who's on this show has done Meisner and picks Meisner the most. I'm like, wait, I don't, is no one like anything else on this no, show? And it, it irritates me, man, because I have, I had an interesting experience with it and yeah. I'm going to go into this. I know this is kind of fast forwarding in time. I'll go back to your question yeah. though. We had to do Meisner in college. So okay. I went to college in LA yeah, at yeah. theater of arts conservatory. I was going to ask you that because he told me you guys were in LA at the same time. Yeah. He was at Stella path. Adler yeah, conservatory. Yeah. I was at theater of arts. We were fucking right across the street from each other. <laughs> Completely. I know dude. It just, that's again, like it was life taking its steps. You right? told me that part of it though. Yeah. Right across <laughs> the street, man. Crazy. Um, but Meisner was like such a big thing, man. Yeah. And I had two professors that told me that I was never going to be able to perform yeah. because I put up a wall in my life. Okay. And the reason they discovered this about me was because of Meisner. Okay. And they thought because I wouldn't allow myself, this was from their words, mm -hmm. not mine. I wouldn't allow myself to let Meisner bring out the natural emotion process that I was never going to be able to be in tune with my true emotion. Okay. But really what that meant was one person in class thought it would be a good idea to try to use Meisner technique to get me to be emotional about my mother. Mm. So she started using specific terms that was like trying to trigger, okay. you know, the dead mom thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to sit here with you and like, yeah. let you play psychiatrist with me using this exercise because yeah. that works for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know it sounds crazy right now. No, but we're really, playing psychiatrist like, right now. I'm know, Dr. Fraser Crane. You're my listener. <laughs> So, you know, that we were using yeah. Meisner technique. I can't really remember what sentences we were using and repeating back to yeah. each other, but I really looked and I was like, why are you trying to, I had to stop yeah, the yeah. exercise. I was like, why are you trying to do this to me right now? Like, this isn't you naturally trying to act with me. This yeah. is you forcing, trying to force like real emotion out of me. And not that I don't want to tap into that, but you yeah. shouldn't force that out of me. I should make the choice as an actor yeah, that I want to yeah, use yeah. that yeah. for Makes my sense. advantage. You know what I mean? It's your, it's your role. It's your, it's your choices. Right. Right. Yeah. To, to tap into that emotion yeah. or not. So, you know, Meisner. And it, so we to put that aside that, you know, mm -hmm. me and this professor had a really long argument about it. And again, the next week, another student kind of tried to do the same thing. It kind of yeah. became a class thing. Like, let's see if we can kind of bring this emotion about his mom out of it. At the same time, dude, I'm like, I'm writing a, we are a final for one of our classes yeah. was to do a one man show. Okay. And I made a one man show all about her. And it was very emotional and very yeah, yeah. emotionally connecting for me. So you know, I was already working on that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't need other actors to try to force that emotion yeah. out of me. So how my, did, how, sorry to cut you off, but how did they know about your, did you, did you in that class, did you have to talk about it, your emotional it, yeah, you things? Had, yeah, it was very personal, oh, man. Wow. So in college, the conservatory approach that we took that, yeah, you yeah. know, I have a lot to thank for my honesty in directing and, and yeah. my, my belief in honest acting because of those classes, mm -hmm. we dove into some really personal shit. And oh, I shit. think that that's what like, really got people in tune with emotion again, but that's supposed to come from your journey, man. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. if you want to learn how to tap into those really happy moments in your life, mm -hmm. those really sad moments in your life, those really confusing moments, yeah, yeah. I believe and kind of going back to the point, what type of mm -hmm. acting do you, you know, most agree with mm -hmm. whatever works for you, but yeah. make sure it's healthy. Yeah. You know, certain techniques like Meisner and most specifically method acting yeah. are not healthy. Method acting is allowing your mind and believing that your mind can surpass the idea that you are who you are and you were someone else for the sake of getting the performance that that character deserves. Yeah. But dude, I've known some people personally who have not come back from that. Oh well, yeah. He personally. Yeah. And, and I'm not just talking actors like that. We know in celebrity, oh, dumb, okay. like professors wow. in LA that I know that like have run away. I'm talking like have gotten so depressed from roles that like they had to disconnect from everyone they knew for years. Like oh, this is shit. real shit, man. Like 
you can, you can push the mind too far. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that's why psychiatrists and psychologists exist. You yeah. can push the mind too far. I mean, it sounds like you get a psychiatry degree in that class. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, with the no, amount I mean, of shit you're like, you know, bringing out, you know, it's like it's a so, lot. Yeah, man. You're just learning so much about a person that you can probably just, you know, all the idiosyncratic. Is that the word? Uh, right word? Whatever it is. But like you learn so much about a person that you yeah. probably know how to relate or not relate, but how to fix but like how to um manipulate, manipulate in a sense yeah. you know that works yeah perfect word actually yeah and yeah. it's it, i think method acting is is ultimately something that you know i think brings out wonderful performances and in mm. recent times like we were just talking about heath ledger now yeah, yeah. we can talk about the newest joker joaquin yeah. phoenix i mean that performance was captivating mm -hmm. to say the least i yeah, mean yeah. my goodness i have nothing but good things to say about that yeah. film and his performance but you know what does it cost mm. you know what does it cost? Well, I mean, why, yeah. is he going to be, you know, I don't I want to assume his character or who he is in life and, and no one's here to start rumors, but yeah. it's only left to assume like something's stuck with him since that performance has ended yeah. that he's well, still we, working on shaking. We hope it, it hopefully shook it. So, right. Yeah. So it's not another Heath situation, yeah, yeah. but this shit happens, man. So, you know, sorry. I know no. this is a big branch off of your no, question. It, it happens on the show. We go into tangents. I don't know if Edgar told you that already. We, we do go into tangents a lot <laughs> I'm on the glad show. to know, man, yeah. that this is the perfect show for me because I'll <laughs> tangent with you all, all fucking day if you want. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's ultimately, you know, my belief, man. Yeah. When, I, when I was acting, one of my teachers classified me. What'd she say? You're a great character actor. Mm. I think that that thing, that those, that term might have a lot of different meanings to a lot of people, yeah. but ultimately what it meant to me and okay. what it meant to us was yeah. that I did everything it took to know the character that I needed to play to the fullest extent. Okay. And I recreated it gotcha. in the most honest depiction I could yeah, yeah. while still having an emotional connection to myself that I can pull from. Okay. So it's like, I know who I'm supposed to play and yeah. I'm going to give you that person, but I'm going to use parts of myself to make this real because that's what I know. Gotcha. Not let me go sleep in this person's clothes and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. forget that I'm Adriel for three weeks so I yeah, can yeah. understand. It's a really different thing. Like, I'm always aware of who I am. I'm mm. always aware that I'm not this character. Yeah. But I can make you believe it by putting enough work into becoming those attributes or at least portraying those attributes. Gotcha. And, and a character actor, too. Um, let me ask you this because I'm still learning this whole thing about yeah. actors and stuff like that and the whole thing when I ever have an actor or someone who acted on the show. And a character actor, you can still find your own, you said like you pull your own thoughts, but yeah. you still also think about what they're doing as an actor or as a character. Like, you know, if so-and-so is a, you know, a right, um, you know, a baseball player, like, you know, does it have the reason, do you have to find the reasoning behind why he's a baseball player? Is Absolutely. that still, yeah, part, reasoning of the, is is that still part of that? Always, out yeah. thing? So I think always like, again, it's for me, it's, you got to know your character. Yeah. Okay. So if you know your character, then you know his reasons behind what he's gotcha. doing. Okay. And I think it just comes from a lot of research, man. Okay. Like it, it comes from spending more time figuring it out yeah. than just trying to immediately fall into yeah. that performance. Um, it's it's more pre-production than it is yeah. production, you know. So if you're, but 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 the more research about a character, a fictitious character, wouldn't that be harder to find the research, or is that like going through the director and stuff like that? To yeah. Ask so them their usually, right? I think it's I you know I personally believe, man, the only way to get an honest selling memorable performance yeah. out of any actor. This is it's you need a great director. Yeah. Or at least a great director for you. You yeah, know, like I know, great directors, a great actor, great all of it is super subjective. I get that that's yeah. all opinionated, but you need a director that knows how to pull mm -hmm. out of you what you need to give. Yeah. Especially in film. A theater is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um 
but still, even in theater, you can find yourself overdoing a performance quite yeah. easily if you don't have somebody telling you to pull it down gotcha. or working with you to go 200%, learn mm. what that is, and then scale it down, you know? Gotcha. Um, but yeah. So, all right. So we go into college, right? Then yeah. so we're, we already passed the whole thing because we segued nicely, actually, <laughs> into what kind of acting you are saying is healthy, is that's the style you like. Yeah. And you're in LA. How long were you in LA for? What was that experience like? How was it? I loved LA. You did. I was out there for two years. Okay. Um, wasn't Edgar out there for two years too? Yeah, we. <laughs> you guys are really. It's uh, like it's like yeah. it's like watching us right now. I feel like because like you guys just mirrored each other. You guys we tired. mirrored each other. Yeah. It, it, dude, it was destined to be. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, we were both out there for two years. I was out there just a little bit longer than him. Yeah. Um. So I was out there for school. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Like I said, man. Like I, I honestly. If I didn't go to college to act, I wouldn't have fell in love with film. Yeah. And if I didn't also go to that college to act, I wouldn't have learned what it meant to be a director that knows how to pull honest out of performance. Yeah, definitely. Directing is my passion in life. Mm -hmm. And that's what that school taught me. And that part of my life taught me. Um, so it was great, but you know, I had a girlfriend from LVA that had also moved out to LA with Mm -hmm. me kind of. Okay. Um, the reason I say kind of is because she moved to orange County, which is two fucking hours away. So not really kind, you know, not really that close. That's just so people who are listening, he did air quotes for kind of, by the way, just (laughs) that we all know this. He's not watching the video form of this. Um, so, you know, I went out there really excited to like, kind of spend that journey with her, you know, that Mm -hmm. high school love. It's like, Oh, let's figure this out together. But it wasn't really working out in that way. Mm -hmm. So. I found myself spending more time in college, less time yeah. with her. There's a lot of issues with that. Those issues, long story short, ended up formulating into a big blowout at yeah. my college during my finals. Wow. Of one of my semesters. That's like a movie. Dude, yeah. oh my God, I swear. If anyone recorded that and put it on YouTube, it would have gotten millions of views. Shit. Next thing you know, dude, the president's like at my face. He's getting me super. No, the president of the school is literally standing a foot away from me and he's like, you know, you got to get her out of here and you got to stop like talking the way that you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I was all heated. Everyone's yeah, like yelling at me. Too, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm also let's, I went to school. I graduated early. So at this yeah. point in college, I'm 18 years old. I just Holy turned 18. Shit. So you're I was still and, pretty adolescent yeah. and like my anger was getting the best of me in the yeah. situation. So next thing you know, a couple fuck bombs and, and fuck yourselves yeah, yeah. to the president oh, my from gosh. my mouth Good job. And I got terminated from school. Wonderful. So what'd you do after school then? <laughs> So after school, I was like, okay, let's just start diving into the film world. I know that's what I want to do. Yeah. I was already battling dropping out before yeah. I got kicked out. Why, why were you battling dropping out? Of the because I realized other, like, yeah. man, no, I, I was just realizing it took me a year and six months of school to realize, mm-hmm. wow, this school has taught me a lot. I know a lot about performance, but what that really taught me is that I don't want to act anymore. I okay. want to. I want to direct. Yeah. I want to be a part of film. I don't even want to be a part of theater. I had all these revelations yeah, that yeah. were hitting me. I was literally talking to my girlfriend at the time yeah. every day about would you be upset if I dropped out? Like, should I be worried about dropping out? So, you know, give or take 15 days. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, just come see my final. And then I'll figure out if I'm going to drop out after this semester. Like, let's just get through this finals. It's the last day of school. Um, come watch my performances. Mm -hmm. But the blowout, that's it, man. You know, I guess fate just kind of decided for me. I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. Like I had already made my realization that I needed to have, I guess. So definitely, um, I was, I, dude, I was ecstatic. I yeah. got terminated and whereas my dad and other people in my family were concerned, I was like, no, like this yeah. forced my hand. I, you don't have no idea how long I was debating so not even going here then, anymore. Yeah, the right? hustle's on. I got to figure it out. So at that point, man, 
I started freelance editing nonstop. Okay. I got my start in post-production and that's what really yeah. helped. So, you know, alongside high school and middle school, mm -hmm. I was working with After Effects okay. and Premiere just on YouTube and, it, yeah. and, and YouTube's early infancy. I oh, was yes. like trying to figure everything out, you know, video co-pilot, all yeah, that all really that. cool shit. Yeah. Um, trying to just like figure out what it meant to be in post. So mm -hmm. I'm learning it all myself. I had a really good foundation. I had a MacBook Pro that I had bought to, you know, specifically be able to helm the type of projects I wanted to do. Because every creator buys their first laptop as a MacBook Pro. Especially also. when you're in LA. Yeah. You know, and it has nothing to do with the fact that you want a MacBook. It's that everyone's going to look at you funny if yeah. you don't have one. You like go into like Starbucks sucks. and you open up your HP and you're like. And everyone's, everyone's looking, looking at, at you it. like, oh, let me get. Let's go to the other coffee shop. Fuck like, Starbucks. Did that guy get a non-soy latte? <laughs> if he got a non-soy chai, I swear to God, I'm suing. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, the politics of Los Angeles. Yeah. So, you know, I got the MacBook per someone's recommendation that told me I needed that. If I wanted to be taken serious in meetings, I'm not even shitting yeah. you. Right? Uh, so uh, here I am. I got to do a couple really big music videos, one mm -hmm. for a band called Crazy Town, which had like a hit song Crazy. called Butterfly. Oh my God. Come yes, my lady, yeah, yeah, come, yeah. come my no, lady. No, no, you know what I'm saying, dude? Let's leave it at that. We know who Crazy Town is. I don't want, I don't want to live my 2000 year, uh, 2000 you, year You don't want that new metal back in 2000? Uh, NU metal? That's what they called it. Yeah. I think it's NU. Yeah, I know. NU dot, dot, two dots <laughs> over the, uh, U of the, uh. So, um, I got it's to do a music metal, video for yeah. them and it really launched a lot of things yeah. for me out Editing there. Editing wise, right? Huh? Editing? Editing, yeah. just post-production. Okay. So, but it was a lyric video, so it was all oh, post. Nice. There was literally no footage. So the director sent us 500 assets, screenshots, yeah, yeah. screen grabs. And basically, I had to throw something together in 11 days for a Christmas release. Yeah. Um, for a song called Lemon Face. That doesn't and seem that long. It wasn't. No, yeah. it was. And it was a huge test. I think that's why yeah, yeah. I ended up being able to do so much more out there after that. Because this director that I worked with, his name's Mozik, wonderful mm. guy. Uh, still does a lot of phenomenal work and is actually the his the creative director for Will I Am and his okay, company. Wow! Um, so he and I still work together to this day on on a few projects. What year is this, by the way? I'm sorry, I haven't asked you. About 2012. That. Okay, 2012. Yeah. Um, 2013. It's yeah, like yeah. right in that in the middle of those. So um, he and I do that music video together. He ends up getting me some other work. I use mm. that to get more work. Next thing you know, I'm on a documentary. It kind of nice. is, is steamrolling, and it's all post. Yeah, yeah, it's all post. Um. Yeah. And I don't know, man, it was paying the bills. Like that's yeah, yeah. what I could say. Like I needed at that moment when I was out of school, I was like, okay, now it's time to just mm. like get my money right. Yeah. Let's like try to pay off this expensive Definitely. ass LA apartment <laughs> that is barely enough room to walk around and do Pilates. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. This is the randomest shit I could say. Um, well, it was big in 2012. So I don't yeah. give you that. <laughs> so I, I got no room in here. You know, yeah, they yeah. fucked up my apartment too. First of all, I bought the apartment because they said I was going to have a Murphy bed. One a of those Murphy? that pulls out. It's okay. one of the mirrors. That's what that it's called. The Murphy out. bed. Yeah, it's called I never a Murphy knew bed. that. <laughs> I move in and they're like, Hey, uh, we, we pulled out your Murphy bed because you told us you didn't want it. And I was like, that never happened. Who yeah. did you talk to that said they didn't want it? I'm the only one that's ever talked to you. And yeah. I swear to God, that's never come out of my mouth. Cause that's the only reason I came here. But they were like, Oh, we'll knock a hundred bucks off your rent a month for the mistakes. So I was like, okay, cool. So yeah. I took it, you know? So here yeah. I am living. I'm just trying to pay all this stuff off. And, um, finally, I got this opportunity yeah. and we'll call it an opportunity because it ended up being one of the best worst moments of my life. Okay. I got an opportunity to come back to Vegas yeah. for an artist, a local artist, mm -hmm. and he was about to start a tour Okay, and they wanted me to do their photography because at the time, creatively, I was doing photography yeah. on the side of mm -hmm. editing because yeah. I was trying to get familiar with camera work. And with the editing, you were doing mostly After Effects stuff? Mainly After, After Effects. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was heavy into After yeah, yeah. Effects, two and a half D animation at the time. Yeah. 
Because I was um, going to ask, I'm like, because uh, if you were doing all the editing stuff, I'm like, did the editing also teach you in the sense to direct better? Because again, you're learning from an acting standpoint, then you're also sure. learning from an editing standpoint, but you're doing mostly After Effects stuff, it seems yeah. like. So you probably weren't doing... Well, I didn't get yeah. a lot of performance at the yeah. start. You know, it was in the, the latter portion of me on the brink of leaving LA, I finally started to get some narrative gotcha. editing work okay. yeah. where then I finally started to get my hint. But that was honestly right at the brink yeah. of me leaving. Um, so the artist, photography. So we do, I, the artist calls me and he's yeah. like, hey man, no, we've been friends for a long time. I'm not going to say names. I'm not here to slander. Um, we've been friends for a yeah. long time. You can say names. It's fine. No one's probably <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> you know what, man? I have a lot of respect for your show and I like to believe this is going to, these, these are all going to be real fucking popular. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let, I'll keep his name out of it. But I come back here and dude, okay. So this is half my mistake, right? Half his. What, what was your mistake? Let me hear your mistake. Well, actually, let me hear his mistake first. Then I'll hear yours. His mistake was telling me that we were all signing contracts on Wednesday and this shit was about to go. I'm talking okay. it's Sunday right now. We are going to sign contracts on Wednesday and yeah. we are going to be leaving the next week. Yeah, yeah. My mistake was believing it. Yes. Not protecting myself in this belief mm -hmm. and just taking, it's okay to take a leap of faith, man. Yeah. Do, but do it, do it smart yeah. or, or do it with some educated backing behind yeah, yeah. it. And the reason I say that is <laughs> I went on Craigslist. <laughs> I said, Hey guys, I got to move to Vegas because I'm, I'm doing a gig. Yeah. I need somebody to sublet my apartment. Yeah. Okay. I, I have four more months left on the lease. Come take it. Yeah. Quinta Brunson, who was one of the executive producers for Buzzfeed at the time is the one who ended up responding. It was like, Oh, oh wow. You're really close to Buzzfeed studios. You know, yeah. Come, uh, I'm gonna take it. I really want it. Um, Holy so shit! I was like, cool, and it was really cool. I got to meet the. She brings me into Buzzfeed Studios. I'm like seeing how this all works. I'm like, the fuck kind why of coincidence? I, why am I leaving Vegas? Like, <laughs> I know, like I, I shouldn't leave. I want just get me work here at Buzzfeed. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll, can, we'll, can we'll, I work at Buzzfeed? Tasty, like I anything? tried so hard, dude. I was like, please, like this. I no, get me an opportunity, yeah. whatever. You know, all she wanted was the apartment, bro. Let's make that clear. She didn't want to get me work. She didn't nice want. Lady. She just <laughs> nice lady, but she did. It was not about. Getting someone work at BuzzFeed is about getting her a fucking apartment for four months. So that's cool. No, I'm, I'm all game with that. So she took the apartment. I left all of it fully furnished. Yeah. I, I let, dude, I'm telling you, I left everything behind. Wow. Other what than nice my clothes, my car. Yeah. You know, I even left the food that was in the fridge. Like, eat I, it, cook it. Super nice. Shit. Like, I got to go. I really believed yeah. in this man because it was the, the benefits. It was like yeah. per diem pay for food. Yeah. Your hotel covered. I was like, oh, this is a dream, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. 18 years old like this holy is what shit. i want to do 18 wow holy shit yeah i was exactly yeah, yeah. so this is like the timeline yeah, of this yeah. stuff um i'm like oh fuck i gotta do this i just got kicked out of school like this is a perfect yeah. opportunity come down here man i'm here tuesday night <laughs> i surprised my dad i'm like i'm here i'm yeah, here yeah. for the tour he's like oh that's exciting the next day man i, I talked to him and his mom and uh it gets it was canceled okay like no contracts are being signed they didn't get enough yeah. money the tour is not happening. Oh fuck! Here I am in shock. Like, dude, I'm like, I, I left my whole. I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. really, I had nothing. Uh, I think at this point, I had like six hundred dollars to my name, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is not a great foundation. You know, I have yeah, no yeah. apartment. I have no fucking yeah. anything. So, um, yeah, it was the best worst moment of my life because I lost everything. I had spent yeah. all these years from high school on building this foundation, my mm -hmm. own life in mm -hmm. LA, starting some cred with what I was doing. And I left it all behind. Yeah. So I told myself a week after I got back, I'm going to spend all the money I have getting a camera body, yeah. a couple lenses, yeah. some batteries, 
And if I really believe in myself, then I don't need LA to make this a, a fucking career and to make a, a name yeah. for myself. So I did. I bought a okay. Nikon D3200. Okay. I bought a few batteries. Nice. Uh, I don't remember what lenses we had. Um, probably the stock kit lens. Yeah, I probably like had 18, stock 18, to start. 18, 18 to 5, right? Yeah, and I think and even I had like an 18 to 200 yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like the that 50 to 200. Yeah, one yeah. of those stock lenses. I can't even those remember. Were, I remember selling those at Target. No one ever bought them, though. <laughs> no, like, hey, you like, buy a DSLR? I, I, because yeah. like once you start taking it super serious, the stock yeah. lenses kind of like fall out the yeah, window definitely. for being applicable. But um, Unless you're like shooting at midday or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And midday, you can get tons of great shit with those. Um, so I bought all that, spent all my money. I don't remember, man, this is a part of my life where things become a little bit of a blur, but between that day is it and it just a so few rushed? months, dude, it was a rush. It was so much stress. Like yeah, yeah. I was living under so much pressure of like, dude, I feel like everyone in my life thinks I'm a failure. Like I yeah. got kicked out of school and two weeks later, mm -hmm. I leave everything behind yeah. on a stupid mistake and I got nothing, yeah, you definitely. know, like I'm sleeping on my dad's couch right now trying to figure out what the fuck happened yeah. in my life you Plus know you're 18 yeah. so like you, you were taking it really hard for being 18 yeah, like your life hasn't even started yet dude dude i know 2012 and it, i was and it 22 was killing me. almost uh no 20 was i 21 22 years old probably around that time 2012 so yeah man i'm four years older than you and like your life hasn't started my life i'm still trying to find a job that year <laughs> Like, come on, man. Calm down. Look at all these grays, dude. I see that. I was going to ask you. I didn't want to be rude. I'm no, like, is, man, that from, is that from the stress that you had? Yeah, it, it started wow. there, and it's been, you know, ever yeah. since. You know, they've just gotten worse and worse. Yeah, and it works they're for all you, dying. It No, I like it. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> you just for men, by the way? No, I'm <laughs> Yeah, next week, man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I bought the camera, and there was this blur of a few months of just like, I don't know. Yeah. Where... Then me and that girl that I was with mm -hmm. in LA, yeah. she just broke up with me. Oh, geez. And I was like, wow, way to make things way fucking <laughs> yeah. worse, dude. Like I got nothing and yeah, now yeah. I really got nothing. So, you know, I don't remember. And then I'm switching apartments. I'm living with my cousin. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just want to get a change of pace. Next thing you know, man, Edgar was supposed to start a production company with yep. someone else. Mm -hmm. Black Box Studios. I remember I even saw the logo and everything. He sent it Black to me. Black Box? Yeah. Okay. And he sent me the logo. He's like, yeah, I'm going to start this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who he was starting the company with, but he was like, I'm really excited. I'm like, bro, I'm happy for you. I'm actually getting into film too. Yeah. Hopefully we can work together sometime. It was kind of like that yeah, at yeah, first. Yeah. Next thing you know, man, like he's not, that, that <laughs> fell through with who he was working with. Oh, that shit. other yeah, guy yeah. was just getting anxious about it. They mm -hmm. didn't, you know, opening a company is just, Scary thing. That's a very scary yeah. thing, especially, you know, when you're LLC, LLCing and you're really mm -hmm. taking the steps with legalities, like it's becoming really real. Yeah. So he ends up talking to me. He's like, hey man, like what if we did it? Yeah. And the reason that we had this thought and I have to backtrack a yeah. little bit, I apologize. No, it's fine. In LA, one yeah. of the last days we ever saw each other in LA before he moved, he came to my apartment. Yeah. Not feeling too well. We were both having like a, a really gloomy day. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, dude, let's just write something. Let's just write something. We're yeah. both feeling like shit. I think this is going to help. We drank some Cuban coffee, my favorite. <laughs> what is Cuban coffee? Cuban coffee is like an espresso, okay, but just like way stronger. <laughs> so it's just a little bit and you just take a shot of it and you're yeah. wired, okay? Holy shit. Uh, yeah, Cafe Bastelo. I, okay. if, if, I, if I get to come back on the show with you sometime, man, I, I'm going to bring you some because okay. it's going to get you wired coffee, for the but, interview. Uh, I gotta work at 4 a.m. Okay, I can't be drinking like wired. Drink coffee. that at four. Okay, I'll drink it. It's at 4 gonna help you a lot. Right. So we drank some ca uh, cafe bustelo. Yeah, and I was like, let's write something. And yeah. dude, we wrote a foundation of a script. It ended up being our company's first film. Okay. Um. So we 
he ends up calling me. He's like, look, man, we wrote daddy loves me. Like, yeah, I feel like we can do this. And I was really excited to him. Like, yeah, yeah. man, look, my life fell into place. Perfect. I'm yeah. back in town. You're back in town. I got literally nothing going on. Cause I gave my life up. Yeah. Like, let's do this thing. Yeah. And we did it. He also bought a Nikon D3200. We bought some prime lenses. Nice. We started getting serious about it. We got some softbox kits. Um, and we started shooting some commercials yeah. and it was actually bringing in some money. Very nice. So, you know, I started working a job so I can mm -hmm. get an apartment again. Yep. He started working a job. Um, but on the side, when we had time, we would try to book, you know, yeah. little shoots if they weren't paying, that's fine. Yeah. Cause at the time we were like, we just need work, man. We, I heard you're the businessman of this whole thing. I am, man. I was, I was always built. I, my head just works mm -hmm. with numbers and my head yeah. just works with communication. Yeah. I think that's my biggest thing in life, man. I love to communicate. Yeah. I think with communication, you could figure out anything in this world. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that goes down for business too. It's yeah. like, you know, you communicated with me about the possibility of being on the show and I yeah. got really excited about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's a process. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same thing with like when you're reaching out to somebody about like, Hey, can we film for you? Mm -hmm. There's a certain way to communicate. Yeah. And I was always really good at that. Yeah. What but, is the way to communicate? Let me ask you that. Cause I feel like I always, I don't know how to communicate well enough personally. And I think it's good advice. And like, if you're listening to the show to know how to communicate and if you don't know how to communicate, this is probably good sound advice to listen to. Um, and that's funny that you, you ended it on listening to man. I think the best way to communicate is to stop trying to communicate and start listening. Okay. Um, a lot of people go into a negotiation knowing exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. So let's just say I'm, let's just say you're a business, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could come to you and, and attempt to start a communication that will get what I want out of it, okay. but I'm not even interested in hearing what you want out of this or how this is going to work yeah. for you. And in my head, I can go into this negotiation saying, oh, I have great rebuttal for everything you're going to tell me that doesn't work for you again, because I'm trying to push my agenda. Yeah. That's not the right way to communicate in my opinion. I think the best way to communicate is to figure out how a situation can benefit all parties that are involved. Yeah. And I think that commercials is a great way to explore that. You know, a business needs a commercial because they want to advertise. Yes. A production company wants to create an advertisement because it brings in revenue mm -hmm. and it keeps the business going and also the creative aspect and you get to explore the mm -hmm. film and yep. like all those benefits. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it all comes down to communication. So I think that it, I don't know, man, I think, I, I don't want to get lost in this big humbo jumbo of a, of a speech, but yeah. I think that there's a lot of different layers to it. Okay. You got to communicate right yeah. when you're prospecting and you're pitching to somebody for the first time. You got to communicate right when you're working with somebody closely on a project, even if they're not a client, your mm -hmm. business partner, somebody that you're contracting, it's all about communication. So mm -hmm. the reason that I think Edgar and I have always just said, I'm the business, he's the creative is yeah. because- I just want to make this work for everybody. So I'm yeah. a communicator. I crunch numbers. Yeah. If this isn't working for you numerically, how could we make it work for us? That still doesn't let us go broke and yeah. like put some food on the table. Um, and he's always been the creative guy. That's like, okay, once you have that figured out, I'm going to figure out how we can f film the dopest yeah, yeah. new age video that hasn't been done for a category like this. So mm. kind of going back, I know you wanted to talk about communication a little bit. Um, just listen, man, you yeah. know, if somebody right off the bat is not interested in what you want, yeah. potentially respect it. Like just consider respecting it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot. I'm not just talking business. Yeah. This, oh, for example, man, you go to the club. Are you a club guy? Have you been, you like, I went to the club or? once and I fell asleep at the club. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> That's hard to do, man. It's loud in there. Okay. Let me, I, I can explain this real quick. So <laughs> my roommate came before he lives here. He came to visit me, him and his other friend. 
And I worked the 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. shift when I was still at the, when I went the first thing at the news. So and I still worked the 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. shift. But basically, I got done with work, came home to my apartment across the street. Came home from my apartment across the street, uh, which I lived in the Broadstone or whatever it's called now. Uh, got my shit, went to go visit him. Because I'm like, I want to see him. I haven't seen him in like a long time. Yeah. Go to the, where they are, which was, I think, now the Sahara. And now I'm not, I'm not asleep. I can't sleep. I'm at, I'm at his place. We're going to go out. We're going to do some stuff. And we got tickets for like a lesson, I think. So we go to the club and like around whatever time it was, you just see me nodding off in the club. People probably think I'm drunk or something like that. He's like, he's like, I'm impressed. People thought you were on one. Yeah, something, something. Cause like I was, I was just so dead tired. I went, I went to the Uber driver. I went home that night and I was passing out in the guy's car and I, and it was a really awkward car ride too. Like the guy didn't really talk or anything. Worst Uber experience ever. They happen. Yeah. But everyone else on Uber that I've had or Lyft, super nice, super like friendly. There's that one yeah. out of 10. There's that one out of 20, I think. Okay. No, yeah. that's more fair. That's yeah. more fair. So that's, that's my, crazy, that's man. You fell asleep sort. at the club, bro. I fell asleep at the club, dude. It was like, you just see me. I respect up. you for that also at the same time, you know, because yeah. not a lot of people can tell that story. I was up from 4 a.m. to like, you know, at least 10, 11 o'clock whenever we were at the club. Like it was fucking, I was fucking <sighs> that's tired. That's brutal, man. Yeah. That's brutal. I, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> like I was. <laughs> Even being young, that shit's hard, dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. Staying up fucking 24 hours straight ain't as easy as it I've was when it you before. were 15 yeah. and fucking playing PlayStation yeah, 2, exactly. you know? <laughs> um, so with that being said, yeah. you know, even at the club, man, like you'll see these guys that are just like, won't leave girls alone. Yeah. And I don't know how they think it works. Like it's all again, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to relate yeah. this to all different forms in life. Like, communication starts with listening. Yeah, if yeah. your listener that you're trying to communicate to isn't reciprocating the right yeah. energy, let it go. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing in business. Like there's, there's a, there's a way to push someone too far to the point where yeah. this becomes unacceptable or, or borderline inappropriate. Like yeah. you're just trying so hard for the sale that you don't even care that this person isn't in the right yeah, point yeah. in their life or in their business to like do this, you know? Yeah agreement with it, you it's funny because you mentioned you don't read books really and like you know business like that just comes natural i feel like is that come natural to you i mean I yeah can't really i think just assume I, I, it comes natural to you but i always say yeah. I, I know this is strange but i i say my parents always told me and people around my life like always are like you're you're you know wise beyond your years i've yeah. always heard that and i think it just comes with intuition man okay being raised around right people i'm not saying people that have attemptedly put this into me but i think just being around the right people at different points in my life i learn rights and wrongs yeah yeah you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that just helped understand people better. Gotcha. And I think if you could understand humans, you can understand business Gotcha. because business is run by humans and it's that all about interaction, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can all sit here and say that the biggest corporations in the world are so greedy and they only care about other big corporations. But when it comes down to it, these corporations are still run by people. Yeah. And these transactions that are happening are based on human interaction mm -hmm. and communication. Throw personality out of the window. Yeah. You know, this guy could be an egotistical fuck making 3 million a year because he's yeah. the CEO of whatever. It doesn't change the fact that he's still a person and there's a way to talk to him and there's a way to not talk to him. That's very true. It's all about communication, man. So I think if you could just understand people, understand that certain people don't like or do like certain yeah. things, the rest of it kind of falls into place, man. Easy. Well, easy for you, not for, for, not for a lot of us. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's just but my listening two cents, is key, man. as you said. Listening's key, yep. man. Listening's cool. key. So you do, all right, going back to commercials, though. So you're doing those things. Oh, and you're, and you're doing a job, a full-time job then. Full-time, so, yeah. Right, so what were you doing on the full-time thing? I was at uh, Las Vegas Athletic Club scanning okay. cards for people that wanted to go easy into the gym. Easy peasy Easy peasy, man. I was working the midnight graveyard yeah. shift. 
So I left myself open during the day to yeah, do like smart. any gigs that yeah, would yeah. come up. So, you know, it, it Did was, you do a lot of writing at that time when you're like, yeah, because I'm guessing like the graveyard to, you know, graveyard shift of the, you know, the gym. Is yeah, not I think it was like, yeah, it was like yeah. midnight to 630 in the morning and you see eight people walk really? in. Yeah. yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. Sometimes Mike Tyson, like. He was the only one that would normally come in during that time. I'm not even shitting you. Well, I was that like, makes sense. He doesn't want to be seen by a million <laughs> yeah. people. So I shit myself once, dude, because here I am. I used to use it as like my nap time. Yeah, yeah. You know, go out to my car and smoke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, coming back in here, I'm tired and Mike Tyson walks in through the front door and yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not prepared for this yeah. conversation. Like you I want to do job. a Mike Tyson inter- uh, imitation, but you don't want to do one because <laughs> you know you're going to get punched you're gonna in the get face. You're going to get knocked yeah. out in front of all your coworkers. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was an easy job, bro. Yeah. It was an easy job. It was, you know, paying bills. Um, I'd say what it allowed me to do was write, but not yeah. for film. Okay. It's when I started exploring my music side, which is now okay. also a big part of what I do nowadays. Nice. Um, so I started writing and was in the early phases of trying to figure out mm. what could be the future of my hip hop career. Okay. Hip hop art on the rise, rising again. Yeah. Huh? It, it, all, it all falls together, it all man. Falls together, yeah. Look, dude, we 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 leave these cryptic messages yeah. and, and shit. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, we're we're riddlers. <laughs> I hate fucking riddlers. But uh, so you're doing that stuff, and then when's it become, I guess, a full time job for you guys? Am I skipping around no, something? No, no, no. Um, I'd say we were doing that. Um, I ended up in 2000. God, man, time surpasses me. We're in 2020 right now. Yeah, we so, are. So. 2016. Okay. So you start the rise. Did you start rising again? Then technically in 2015, we started rising okay. again, but now, we weren't LLC. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause I didn't, I didn't ask you to go to this. I yeah. know he said it's from your, his last name and your last name, but what other names were you guys throwing around before rising again? Did you have any? We didn't No, You didn't. There was nothing before nothing. rising okay. again. So, you know, my real name, my real full name is yeah. Adriel Roman Puentes. Yeah. But I realized pretty early on that Puentes was going to be just too Hispanic for people to like link onto in this industry. And I was yeah, okay yeah. with that. Um, so I dropped my last name, Adriel Roman. Yeah. Same thing for him. So Edgar Alejandro Nunez, he cut Nunez, Edgar Alejandro. And that's what we both pursued for the rest okay. of our lives. Yeah. He didn't tell me that because um, I'm like, is that a middle name? And he goes, no, it's my last name. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, I have to make sure because I know yeah, people I, on Facebook, I just know you guys by your names. And I know people on Facebook don't always put their full name. So absolutely. I gotta be like, give Make him shit sure. for it next time he's yeah, on here. Okay. I will give him shit for that. I mean, you see him, I'm going to give him, tell him, I don't, I don't tell him, give him shit, but I'm, I'm not even going to warn him, dude. No, oh, good. Dude, I'll spice I wanted him to just, I just wanted Saturday. to smack him like don't a ton this. of bricks. <laughs> he's like, uh, who told you? Um, so Alejandro yeah. and Roman, yeah. we are like, we need to make a company name work based off of this yeah. rising for Roman Alejandro for again. Yep. And it really just fell into place. Rising meant a lot to us because yeah. at that point, both of us were in this feeling when we were both on the brink of dropping out mm-hmm. of being in LA, dropping out of being in LA. That makes no sense. Out of it, leaving it, fucking it, Los it, Angeles. It makes sense to me because I'm just weird. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I, I was so, I'm like, that's going to make no sense to everyone else but me. After we left Los Angeles, yeah. right before we on the brink of leaving Los Angeles, we wanted to like start something. And yeah, when yeah. we were writing the film, we tinkered around with the idea of having Rising Again Productions. Yeah. Finally, when we had moved back to Vegas, it seemed like the right time and we pulled the trigger on it. And it all just kind of started falling into place. Perfect. We didn't LLC rising again until quarter four of 2015 okay. going into 2016. In 2016, um, I also met 
my current significant other, mm-hmm. um, who's also the lead actress in our debut horror feature film, uh, Home. Okay. Um, she's really one of the biggest reasons as to why I did this full time. Yeah. Because she had an entrepreneurial mindset. She was not afraid of having months, yeah, days, weeks where we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So she saw that I was stressing from working. Yeah, yeah. I was just not happy working a, a nine to five man. It really like mentally it was exhausting me after yeah. a while. And I know it sounds silly, but really it was just like no, something wasn't working with me. Um, so I mean, at this exact silly, time, I, I no, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. At this exact time, I was working at Victoria's Secret. So I had left LVAC. I had moved on to Victoria's Secret because right. the pay was like way <laughs> yeah, yeah. higher, dude. I'm talking between $7 and $14 an hour. It was literally double. So I was wow. like, okay. Yeah. So here I am folding panties and I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I just don't want to do so this. How awkward did you feel working at Victoria's Secret, if I may ask? I didn't feel awkward because before I had met her, yeah. it was my way to hit on every girl that walked into yeah. the front door. So it really got my confidence up. I was okay. like, oh, I get to work job. I get to make money <laughs> and I get to flirt with everyone that's shopping yeah. here. And my bosses wouldn't fire me. So it was great because they kind of <laughs> liked that there was this guy that was like flirting with everybody. It was weird, dude. Yeah. It worked at the time though. So, you know, finally she and I meet and we get together and she went to LVA too. Oh, okay. So it's kind of know cool. her, but no, we didn't because no. there was a little bit of a time difference. Okay. Um, she, we had briefly met when I was at Taming of the Shrew and we didn't see each other much after that. She then auditioned for daddy yeah. loves me. We re-met there, but I was still with the other yeah. girl at LA. So it was never good timing. Finally, yeah. we kind of re-met. She was cast in one of our commercials. Yeah. And, dude, we started flirting so much on set. It was, like, nonstop. It was like, <laughs> okay, so let's do something about it. Yeah. Um, next thing you know, we're dating. Yeah. And she just kind of notices that I'm, I'm miserable working yeah. this job. You know what we just skipped, I realized? We skipped the whole, uh, when you guys went to IWPD, whatever it's called. <laughs> dude, I don't even know the fucking initials of that school but, either. But I didn't go there. Edgar did. Oh, you just, okay, yeah. Then so, my bad, Ed, yeah. no, no, it's okay. Edgar went there. I thought he, you both went he there. He got yeah. training. And yeah. while he was going there, I promised him that I would do as much self-training as possible ah, okay. to kind of like match up yeah, with yeah. the education. So he did, man. He got, he got a lot of good. I think it was IAFT, International yeah, Academy of Film you know, and Television like, or something. Know, I've had Brian and Alfredo on the show. I've had him on Hell the show. Hell yeah, man. Everyone, awesome. We've worked with them a lot Johnny too. Johnny uh, Wood I had on the show too. And like, I'm like, what is it called still? I'm like, what the fuck? Brian and Alfredo. Yeah. We're both in the commercial that oh, she was in, was that, that she was cast was the, when we fucking the zombie apocalypse. Okay, zombie apocalypse. Yeah. That's where we all like. Uh, that's where we all met, and that's kind of that's what really started off for us. So, um, no, it's really cool that you've yeah. had them on here, man. Good people. Because um, yeah, I did murder for dummies for them. Yeah. Oh, you filmed murder for yeah, dummies, I dude. I was there at the the world premiere. So we met there a long time that's ago, but we just crazy, never really met dude. each other. Yeah. Look at how that links. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Six degrees of Brian Alfredo. I like to call it. <laughs> Wow, man. All right. Well, that's awesome. That, that brings a cool link to us a lot, man. Yeah. I really didn't make that connection, but that's phenomenal <laughs> that you did that for me. Thank you. Um, so Murder for Dummies. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out where that happens in this timeline, but that's going to get was, me uh, super jumbled. Cinematics. Cinematics, where yeah, Edgar guys, was starting that. Yeah. yeah. But were you part of Cinematics or no? I wasn't. That wasn't. was totally okay, so Edgar's totally thing. Yeah. We've always had a really good way of making sure Rising Again was 100% both of us. Yeah. And that he was still able to explore gotcha. the things that he had his solo okay. passions same with me with my music gotcha. you know okay. what i mean yeah, that's yeah. like all me so so were you um, doing music at that time too or you just i was yeah i went that? by ar and it was okay. like you know i had some mixtapes they were bad yeah. dude like it was all you know everybody needs foundation yeah. that was definitely my foundation i was uh, were those years in yeah. the music side um i took film a lot more seriously um so i'm sorry man can you help me remember no where it's all we good so we were talking about um your commercials you went full-time quarter four so, of yes. 2015 you met your significant other on set and we talked about how you guys 
She thought I was miserable at work, which I was. Yep. Yep. So finally I asked her, I'm like, I just kind of quit my job and I do this full time and there's some bad months. Like, are we going to be okay? Like, are you okay with that? And she with no hesitation said yes. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm quitting today. (laughs) Dude. No, I'm like calling my boss. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my two weeks. Yeah. I didn't do my two weeks. I'm going to burn some bridges. Yeah. Fuck them, dude. I'm not going to come, you know, one day, (laughs) one day you don't know. You can never know. My mom always says, like, don't burn bridges. I know, man. I messed up. I know. Well, you burned Every, a few. No, we went back in there to that same exact Victoria's Secret location a couple times, and no one treated us well. Actually, they were, wear a mustache. No one knew who you were. <laughs> that's you, it, dude. It was the mustache <laughs> was easy. That was my easy. <laughs> that was my easy escape. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I quit. Yeah, yeah. Edgar was still working a job at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, I was putting a lot more time. I was yeah. putting now every day yep. from morning to night, trying to build us some clients. Yeah. Um, and it was working for yeah. the most part, like, um, just commercial work, right? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was working for the most part. We finally saved up enough money to do daddy loves me, yeah. which was our debut short film. It was 23 minutes long. Um, what was we, that experience like doing that? It, I mean, fuck man. I, it, it, if there was anything that showed me like, yes, you want to be a filmmaker for the rest of your life it was finally being able to make that film happen. Okay. I mean, it was, it was, it was defining for the both of us. And yeah. I'm sure he would agree the same if we mm-hmm. were to talk about it. It was, I mean, the stakes were so high. We, we were so young. Yeah. He saved up a thousand of his own money. Mm-hmm. I saved up a thousand of my own money. We were like, let's just put two grand into this yeah. thing and make it as good as possible. It was really big for us that, and this still stays true to everything rising yeah. again does three meals a day while you're on set is available for you. Yeah. Every actor needs to get a paycheck. Like these were things that we wanted to set a standard for because we didn't want people to look at us. Like we were just another couple of young filmmakers who were going to come out here swinging and thinking that they're doing what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And that was really important to me to kind of set a new precedent for, you know, having people feel professional when being on a set with us Mm -hmm. and being directed by two people who were younger than almost everyone else. That was a part of our productions. To be honest with you. How old are you now at this time? Because we're 18, you were what, 20? No, at this point, like. No, but I know you're past 18, so you're probably like, what, 20? I'm kind of going back and forth on a little bit of timelines, yeah. but Daddy Loves Me was like. Just about to turn 19. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Turning 19 is when we finally you're got the chance to do buck. this. And then she and I got together when yeah. I was 19 years old. So it, I'm, I'm kind of jumbling yeah. my timelines a little bit, but Daddy Loves Me finally happened. We shot it. Yeah. We had. Awesome actors. Yeah, man. Michael Force awesome in that, right? Actor. Yeah, Michael yeah, Force Michael. was wonderful to work with. Ashley Campbell, mm-hmm. Mike Biscaglia, just great Vegas talent, man. Yeah. Um, we, we put this film together, and we had a wonderful premiere yeah. that was near sold out at the Tropicana Cinemas, and it was just, honestly, man, that film was never meant to be a festival runner. Yeah, yeah. It was never meant to make any money. It yeah. was just like, if we're, it was- it was You're showing something. Let's prove that we want to do yeah, this. Yeah. You, you want to do this, put a, you put a grand in this, yeah. I'll put a grand in this. And, and you know, now we're talking about yeah. risks. We're not just talking about a hobby. We're mm-hmm. talking about a fucking risk. Yeah. So we took a big risk. We made back some money on the premiere. Yeah. So it kind of paid certain things off, you know, and, and that was it, man. We were like, yeah. okay, so we know that this is what we want to do. So mm-hmm. how do we do it better? Yeah. And, and just before we go continue though, you directed it, right? I directed what it. What was that like being a first time director in a sense and directing <sighs> for a movie? Pressure was on, man. Yeah. Pressure was on because I had grace. seen stuff that, huh? More grace. Oh, fuck, dude. Probably half of them came in just in those three days. Um, Michael Force. Yeah. 
and Ashley Campbell specifically, I had seen a lot of their work beforehand mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, well, we're working with some good talent. Yeah. Again, kind of going to something I told you earlier on this, on the show, I truly believe that no matter how good of an actor you are, you need a great director to pull out the performance that yeah. the film and or project yes. deserves. So I had to step up to the plate. So yeah. I did a lot of research okay. on directors. Um, there was not, and I can't really name drop you one in specific yeah. that really inspired, but what I saw from a trend of directors that inspired me was hands-on direction, yeah. meaning that you're not afraid to get in there and act yeah. alongside your cast yeah. and show them what's necessary or show them the, the level. So, you know, I kind of built my directing style in the coming weeks before yeah. we filmed it and I got to test it. I was okay. like, I'm going to just live it. I'm going to give it a hundred 30,000% when I'm lot. on this set. Yeah. Just every dude, it was every yeah. ounce of myself. I'm like, if I'm going to believe in this directing style, I'm going to give it. Mm -hmm. And you know, not to toot my own horn, but I think it really worked. I yeah. think me and the cast really bonded. Um, we got phenomenal performances out of everybody in that film. Um, it was a really hard piece, man. I mean, we were so talking about molestation. Like it was a really difficult, yeah. oh, wow. difficult story. So I needed to make sure that it was a serious set mm. fun when, we could have fun mm -hmm. serious when it was serious and not be afraid to go 13 takes to make sure that yeah. that emotional captivation happened. So yeah, a lot of overtime. What's it like to also like when you're doing these 13 takes, you're like, you know, you don't want to overwork your actors. So Absolutely. you're trying to figure out like, how do you, what's your mindset trying to like, go, okay, what am I, what were you specifically looking for? Because you're going 13 takes also. Um, what I was looking for is what I'm always looking for. Mm -hmm is a moment where I lose you yeah, and I get the character. Okay. And I know that that sounds super generic, but that's what I'm just seeking. I, yeah. I think of myself as a seeker when I'm a director yeah. and I'm looking you in your eyes while you give me this performance. And, and you're not looking back at me because yeah. obviously you're acting and doing what you're supposed to, but I'm not afraid to call out in the middle of your performance what I need. Yeah. So something that I did, and again, this is all things that I tested out that really yeah. worked for my style was I'm not a, I let every actor know I may interrupt you. Don't look at me. Yeah. Pretend like you didn't hear it. Just reciprocate the note and continue on. Gotcha. So we did a lot of still rolling takes. So when yeah. I say 13 takes, it's really like seven, but in that one roll, we ran it like two or three times. Okay. But you know, in the middle of it, I, I, I could do things like you're upset. This is really upsetting. This is not, obviously this is not as upset as you would be right now. And honestly, yeah. as I'm saying this, like my goal is to irritate you. Yeah. My goal is to kind of piss you off as an actor a little bit in these intense moments, because again, we pull from natural tendencies. Yeah. So if in a moment that I know I need this captivation, yeah. this strength, you're going to get it by having that little jolt of anger or irritation yeah. and having a director that's in yeah. your throat. That's like, you're not giving it to me. You're not giving it to me. Let's pull yeah. more out of this. Let's go. I know what you can do. And I'm, yeah. now I'm yelling and now we're both yeah. yelling at each other. You'd be surprised what it is to just work with the human one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, push them to a point that maybe in that moment they didn't even think they needed to, or could go to. Yeah. And next thing you know, again, it's all about communication. It's just humans yeah. helping each other interact the way that we need to. So I guess yeah. my directing style is all about communicating yeah. and not being afraid to communicate. And even the worst of times in the middle of a golden take, <laughs> if I need to let you know something, yeah. I yeah, let I'm you not. know. And I, I think it's always worked thus far. So you're actually an actor's director. I think there's a video I saw a long time ago. There's two types. They said there's two types of directors, an actor's director and a technical, more of a creative director. For so sure. You're more of the acting director when I, you were saying you were getting hands absolutely, on. Absolutely. Also, man. would you say you're a Meisner director because you're just pulling out emotions there. <laughs> 
You know what, man? Maybe I'm a little hypocritical and maybe, and maybe, yeah, maybe there's some Meisner in the bullshit that I do. Um, <laughs> damn it. You sound like my professors. Um, hey, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to school for that, but I'm just asking. No, no. You know, I do. I, I definitely look at myself as a performance director. Um, I think that's why Edgar and I's relationship has always worked because yeah. when he's been my director of photography, mm. I give him full reins to get as creative as he wants in yeah. the visual. I definitely come in there and I have my tweaks of things because yeah. I have a very strong image in my head. I think mm -hmm. as every director does when they're like in those final phases of pre-production, you've watched this movie in your head a hundred times before yeah. you filmed it. Um, but I, I have a thorough belief with our teamwork that he knows what I want, yeah. but I also know that he exploring his own creative outlet is, is going to do nothing but benefit to me. Yeah. You know, me Definitely. hindering him from being who he is as an artist is not going to do anything. So I'll focus on performance. He focuses on his department. If he thinks there's something about performance that isn't translating on camera, he has every right to tell me. Yeah. And if I think that there's something on camera that isn't performing right for the end edit, I yeah. let him know. And dude, it's, it's been bread and butter for yeah. us thus far. You guys far. are like it's, yin it's and yang. Great. Yeah, yes. we definitely pull a lot. Correct thing I, I would say so, dude. And then I would say so. So then after Daddy Loves Me, I, I don't know if I asked him this either, but what was your, if I did, then what was your, uh, um, oh my God, I'm blinking on the word, but what was your experience with the uh, post-production process? <sighs> it got lost in post. Yeah. And that was an early, early lesson for us. Like, this is why a lot of films don't come out. What do you mean lost in post? So. It's in post-production and now yeah. we're getting super picky about things. And here's the artistry's, here's the artist's biggest problem. I think yeah. this goes for every artist in the world. Some people might be blessed to not have this. It's hard to let go. Oh yeah. It's hard to kill the babies as they say. It's hard to let go. Yeah. So here you are in post and you're like, oh, just two more weeks, you know, yeah. just 14 more days, man. Yeah. Oh, just like three more days now. I think if yeah. we just, if we just added in this one thing, oh man, if we just cut this one scene and man, we got lost. Yeah. We got lost. And next thing you know, the film didn't actually have its premiere until a year after it was wow. shot. So question then, how long was the script? And then how long were, did you want the, the film? Like it was 25 pages, I think. So it you, ended up being like 22, 23 minutes. Okay. In the final and how much did you, was the rough cut? The rough cut was probably right at the script. So 25, okay. I think it ended up so getting only cut, cut a few minutes. minutes. Yeah. It wasn't okay, really that much for pacing and whatnot, but I think the biggest issue was you know, yeah. adolescent mistakes. So like we had a stunt scene yeah, and the stunt scene didn't really translate on camera as well. Okay. It was our first time playing with an injury, yeah. a head hitting a table, blood, like yeah, yeah, a lot thing. for a $2,000 budget with a few people that are doing this for the first time. Like it was a lot to handle. Yeah. So I think a lot of the re-edits came to how do we sell this scene? Cause it's in the third act. It's, it's what pushes the, the ending of this story. Uh, so we just spent a lot of time tweaking mistakes, like gotcha. things that we just didn't, yeah. you know, Things that we couldn't let go of because we were afraid that if people saw those mistakes, they would think that we were at the caliber that we wanted to think that we were at. But yeah. dude, it's all about steps in life. Like yeah, yeah. In retrospect, it's like, how do you learn those things if you don't fuck them up? Yeah, no, definitely. Or if you don't watch someone fuck them up or however you, but someone has to fuck up yeah. for someone to learn a lesson. You know Mine what I mean? It's all about fuck ups and then you learn. <laughs> I think that's also Murphy's law too to be, yeah. yeah. You got to fuck up, dude. Yeah. So I mean, cause I'm, I mean, also I'm asking that question about the whole script and the whole like uh, rough cut of it because I'm I'm of the mind where if you write 120 pages and you have 120 minutes, you have a lot to cut away if you need to because then at least you have a lot to play with. If you don't, if you if you have like a you know a 120 page script and you shoot 120 you know 120 pages of it, but it actually is you know a 90 minutes feature because it's a lot of dialogue and moving and stuff like that, and then you're fucked because then you have to add shit to it. And I'm like, 
Yeah. It's harder to add, I feel like, than to subtract. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you didn't have like any cut scenes or anything that you can't add back in. Like you now have to go figure things out to add back yeah. in. Like we even went through that on our most recent project. Okay. So um, should we fast forward to yeah, that? We, we that can, was there anything in between Daddy Loves yeah, Me so and your- we, we did a couple yeah. shorts. Okay. And that was all for the benefit of raising money yeah. and raising awareness of the feature that we wanted to do. There's actually something I need to, I, I forgot to ask Edgar. But I'm going to ask you off yeah. camera now because I think that might actually, no, I'll bring it. I'll cut it out if we need to. Yeah, but there's someone named Sean something of the plane, the plane thing. You know what I'm talking about? Sean who? Sean. This can go. I mean, it can go a number of ways depending on what Sean you're talking it's about. It's Sean. Um, Jackson? No, not Sean Jackson. All right. Well, cool. No, no. I just had him on the podcast. Actually, it's like three hour podcast. But uh, You had Sean? Yeah, he's on, he's on the phone. Um, cool. But uh, no, not Sean Jackson. Sean something. Okay. <laughs> he had a plane thing. It was about a whole like TV show about like an airplane. You know what I'm talking about? Don't. It's LV Rising. Oh, fuck. And Aliko Sean Smith. That guy. Sorry, man. It was because I was trying to put the first name in. Yeah, because I just knew by Sean. No, you're yeah. good. And Aliko Sean Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to that? Can you, can you even talk about that? Or I can talk. I mean, we're not. We're yeah. not contracted to not yeah, yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, LV air rising. It was supposed to be a big thing. We were in negotiation with him for maybe six months. Yeah. We had tons of meetings about it, both in our office, yeah. both in his, um, he had run a story through PR newswire about us being a part of it. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, he tried to make it go viral. We were all okay with it. I'm not saying yeah. that he ran it without our permission. I'm just saying this is what was going on. Yeah. He wanted to just get build a bunch of press on it before we had anything to show for yeah. ourselves. But basically, he came to us looking for a company that would take a certain amount of pay. I don't want to talk about it or even remember what it was. Yeah. But, but regardless of that fact, we are going to be with him for two months. He was going to give us production company credits. Rising Again was going to be the company that yeah. put, it put it together. And we were going to be interviewing, you know, all these celebrities that wanted to be a part of this airline and whatnot. Next thing you know, man, it's just um, a lot of like, can you give this for free? Yeah. We haven't even started talking about money yet. All those things that started all of this. Yeah, yeah. We had done a free trailer that had mm. dropped on YouTube that it had hit like 30,000, 40,000. Yeah. He had tried to get on a couple news stations and it was like a lot of talk, but you know, talk turned into a few months and, yeah. and a lot, a lot of free requests yeah. and not saying I'm not knocking anybody who does free work. Dude. Yeah. Again, like I said, at the start of this, like we had to do so much yeah. of it to even get to there's paid work. so much you can put the free into freelance. As I like to say. There's so much dude. I kick it's, there's a limit, you yeah. know what I mean? And, um, it hit that point. I don't think he was very happy that we were trying to set that foot down. He really wanted like ride or die partners yeah. that like, you know, we're yeah. all going to make it like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't worry about that right now. But I'm kind of worried about that right now. Yeah. I mean, I he talked a lot cause I met, I met him a few times too. And like, he was like, I'm going to get investors. And I have the money. And I'm like, all right, well show us, show me the money. Yeah. Basically. And that's, and that honestly, dude, that's yeah. what it came down to. It was a lot of talk, not a lot of yeah. solidification. And you know, I always hoped that that project would still take off or yeah. even if we weren't taking care of it, someone else would, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's just one of those cases too. of a lot of that's bad communication. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he was really bad at communicating as well too. Cause like, you know, I, um, I know Mike Jones, I don't know if you know Mike Jones, uh, he met him and then I met him and I was like, tell him like, Hey man, if you need this, that, and the other thing, yeah, yeah, yada. But he never reached out to me. He said always like his number would change or some other weird shit, you know? And 
you know, and like you want to do a reality show, and it's like, okay, but you need this, 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 and this. I'm like, and this is what your budget really should be because you need to get all this shit yeah. as well. His airline was going to cost $3.2 billion. Yeah. I'm like, you can't splurge for like this much, a quarter of a million for like all the production needs you need. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? $3.2 billion, yeah. dude. Yeah. For one plane I that know. was going to fly just from Vegas to a couple surrounding yep. states. Like, I'm not saying the idea wouldn't have taken off, but. I mean, we were already, t- I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, no, it was a risk just, to begin with, curious, you, know? I, like, you know? What? I forgot to ask. I'm like, I forgot to no, ask. No, it's good. I'm, so I'm like, it's crazy you brought yeah. that up, dude, because I genuinely forgot that that even happened yeah. until you just talked about that right now. He was a really cool guy for the most part. It was really just at the tail end where I guess we were just having differences. Yeah. You know, he wanted people that were going to put in 100% even yeah. when there was no money, even though, you know, this whole thing was about him raising. Yeah. Literally the headline to put a tail on yeah. this was like, Analico Sean Smith seeks the biggest investment in, um, what's the word? I'm not investment history. In, like in, he said something exactly. Yeah. And like in what's the term for aerials, like planes specifically like, uh, uh, aviation, aviation, it was going to be the biggest investment in yeah. biggest invest investment risk gambling of aviation history or yeah. something. That's how, how it was pitched. So, you know, we just all like, I guess everybody that was a part of it was expecting yeah. it to like be as big as it was talked about. Yeah. And I guess everyone just really figured out really quickly that it wasn't, it wasn't happening. It was just, it was just, I can say that you don't have to say that, but I'll say it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> now I feel good about this not being cut off camera. So. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would cut this off if you want me to. It's fine. You can think about it. We have, I have time to edit this. So it's your, it's your call. Cool. Um, so let's go ahead. Um, Home, right? Home. Yes. So we did two short films right before home. Okay. For uh, The Conjuring. I know that sounds weird, but they were having a nationwide contest. Okay. Looking for people to film a pitch for another movie that would later potentially happen in the Conjuring universe. So we submit two films. Because one under Edgar, one under myself. And we submit- She did a third one under Rising Again. You're right. Maybe just oh, no on. names on that come shit. Ah, God damn it. That's such great ideas. You're welcome. So we did those two films, which was really cool because it was my first experience getting to DP for him. Yeah. Um, which worked out really well. And then he DP'd mine, which yeah. we had already had experience. What was that for. experience like being a DP for that? Um, I was nervous at first, yeah. but quickly realized again, what I was saying about our chemistry and this yeah, is yeah. why we work so well as a company we're just really great at letting each other do what needs to be done mm-hmm. and then only kind of intervening when it's a necessity or it's mm-hmm. something that's directly going against what you think is like what the project needs, Okay, you know? Yeah. So when I was DPing, he just gave me full trust to come up with the shot lists nice. and lighting design and color scheme. Um, I, I've had a lot of training in color grading, so I usually yeah. handle that in post. So, you know, I got to like go with my thematic elements yeah. and he didn't, he didn't really interrupt that at all. Again, like if he needed specificities, I'd get yeah. it for him, but um, it worked out great. Nice. He shot with a Sony a7S II for the first time okay. at that point and nice. like got some, you know, Ronin uh, M and we got to play with some really nice toys. So nice. it was, it was a great experience. Neither of them got picked for the Conjuring universe, but we still promote those films to yeah. this day because we were really proud of how they came out. Two really short, sadistic, fucked up little short films that we're happy to show anybody that wants to <laughs> well, see them. A plus. And it's and a nice thing to add to your demo reel or whatever reel Absolutely. you add it to. Yeah. And yeah. it's more passion stuff, you know? Yeah. So we did those two short films. Yeah. They got a lot of views for us. A lot of, we 
literally took all those views and redirected them to home's page okay. as we were raising funding. So uh, uh, like a click funnel. It was exactly what we used it as, man. So we pushed everybody to home that was watching it. It got us a good amount of attention. Um, and yeah, long nice. story short, we get our investment and now we're filming home. Okay. Um, now, was home a book also before then? Because I thought I saw something. It's that- based on, it, it, okay. The movie is based on a book written by the author that is the lead character in the book, but the book uh, in the movie, but the book isn't real. Oh, but the book is published. So there is some meta to it because we self-published the book to oh. print copies to have for the film. So, th- so technically it's, it's like, it's like fantastic beast and where to find them being meta in the sense of the books out in Barnes and Noble. Exactly. But the movie was out or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So the book doesn't really exist. Like if you go look up home, you're not going to really find yeah. a copy. Like we have books, yeah. but you know, we don't have them yeah. for sale. They're just, can I get one? Yeah. Yes. Oh, You'd cool. be, I'd yes. be happy to give you a copy. For awesome. this one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, I'll show you what we did with it and talk to you about it uh, off camera. So you can see how we pulled that off. Yeah. But um, yeah. So home is about a small town, best-selling author mm. that starts enduring uh, heart failure yeah. for no apparent reason. Uh, and after a near death experience in that hospital, she brings back a force that starts to give her two daughters hallucinations Interesting. that reveal parts of their family history. So when I wrote the script and it took me two and a half years to write the script, oh, wow. I wrote it to be the biggest thing that we had ever tackled. And I mm-hmm. wasn't going to take no for an answer on any of these things. I wrote, yeah. I said, we need a hospital and I'm not talking yeah. like, let's get a corner in a house and put a hospice in there. Like yeah, I'm yeah. talking, we need a hospital. We need to go get a house with four rooms that's exclusively ours to use for 15 days straight. We had a lot of demands. Like yeah. I just wanted, again, it was like that the daddy loves me effect, but yeah. going up another step, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, let's 10 take, got to take this, this step seriously. Yeah. Um, 10 exit. I like yeah. that, man. I like that a Grant, lot. Grant Cardone fan. Grant Cardone. I don't know what that is. Oh, he's a, he's an entrepreneur. You know, te- no, no, you're an entrepreneur. You, don't know Grant- you don't know Grant Cardone and you're an entrepreneur. He had to say that. I, I wanted had to, to know that. he had to say that into the mic because I didn't capture before, and now you're publicly humiliated. Yes. But I also don't know who right, that well, is. I want you two to do this this big favor. Do you have Audible at all? Yeah. Okay. Be obsessed or be average. Listen to that book. Okay. And then, but that's also skipping. Be the obsessed or be average. Yeah. Be obsessed or be average. I tell people about this on the on the on the podcast a handful of times. But that that okay. book, the audio form will will amp you up for about seven chapters until it gets to sales, but it will, it will get you going and be like, I can run through walls. Literally. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'll go listen to that. Yeah. So Grant Cardone. So be you obsessed. suggest I listen to it, not read it. Yeah. Cause you know why Grant speaks it. Oh, Grant is, he Grant self, is the he audio book. Okay, yeah. Great. Like I listened to John Tafford's uh, don't bullshit yourself. And I was very upset because John Taffer was not the one. He didn't speaking voice it, it. and that, no. most of the time, how it goes, right? Yeah, Am I and wrong in I was that? I was so excited to hear like Taffer's voice. I did we do for a second and like just say an intro, and then it's this like robotic voice, dude. That's how it is, dude. And it's really funny because if you watch Bar Rescue a lot and you understand the Tafferisms, as I like to call them, like you can you can kind of get his like Taffer voice in your head a little bit and kind of like hear those when the guy speaks and the don't bullshit yourself, but be obsessed or be average. Highly yeah, recommend. I'm gonna hear it. And yeah. he talks about ten xing. Yeah, he'll talk. He'll talk about. He has a book called 10x actually too. But I like. Uh, I haven't really finished 10x the 10x rule yet. He he talks about kind of in be obsessed or be average. Cool. Yeah, that's a good segue, man. I'm gonna read some books because <laughs> as to this started, I don't fucking read them. Yeah. So, um, where were we at? We're at uh, home. I, home. Really Sorry, bad. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm always bad at getting back on track. So it's as okay. long as you're good at it, dude, I'm willing to. Just I'm, go I'm off, terrible off at. Sometimes I just kind of zone out a little. Bit. That's my own podcast. <laughs> 
That's awesome, man. Okay, so, you know, we wanted home to be the biggest thing that we had done. And we had started it crowdfunding. Okay. That was our whole pitch. Indiegogo like we or Kickstarter? Crowd- Kickstarter. Okay. We wanted all or nothing. Yeah. I'm not talking down on anybody that Indiegogo's. There's a purpose yeah. and place for it, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of the type of guy that's like, if you believe in this shit, yeah. you need well, you to make do, that money by can, the end of your you campaign. You can do all, uh, all or nothing Indiegogo too. You can, yeah. you can, but Come most on, of the time, knock down most Indiegogo. of the time, if you're on Indiegogo, yeah. you're not doing an all yeah. or nothing campaign. Well, there's a whole thing about, but uh fucking um, Kickstarter and Indiegogo that that's ridiculous too. That, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the platforms have dwindled substantially yeah. since their since their infancy, and like you have to put mo- like you know, not gonna say any names, yeah. but I think there's people that you know have these Indiegogo campaigns, and they put the money into it that they have because they go on trending, and then from trending, Dude, it's the best way, and yeah, it's the best way it's to a, get it happening. It's, yeah, it's like a, you just hit the algorithm. Yeah, it's just a pyramid scheme in that regard. Then yeah. sadly. You have your own yeah, bit not, of change. You have your own bit not, of change. Yeah. Even if it's like half the budget, you put it in and raise the remainder. It's a great hustle. It yeah, really works. It's on demand and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just like it doesn't feel real to me. But yeah. that's just me personally. I'm not trying to knock you or anyone no, else. No, dude, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm totally the crowdfunding universe. Yeah. is weird and yeah, it's gotten no, it weirder yeah. with time. You know, it started out and it funded some magnificent projects. I mean, even in terms of scale. I mean, yeah. there was that one. Um, oh, Nancy Mars. Drew wasn't okay. that one of those. I was like, I have, Nancy I no Drew um, got a reboot because of Kickstarter and it broke records because no film had ever raised that much money on Kickstarter. I think wow. it was like 10 million. I, I, I could be misquoting the numerical value, yeah. but they broke charts and it changed the platform forever because now you have non indies. You have, yeah. You have world-renowned filmmakers because it's not for world-renowned. That's what I'm saying, yeah. and they ruined it for everybody. There was yeah. two oh, films. Yeah. I can't remember. This it, was well, one no, of the two. Veronica Mars. Veronica and the, and Mars, was, not and, Nancy Drew. Yeah, That's and, what and, I was and fucking. It was also Zach Bra- uh, Zach Baff, Braff's film. Yeah, like, what was that the, called? He made, Do you like, remember? The Garden State Spiritual. That was it, brother. It was those two fucking films. Veronica Mars, not Nancy Drew. Thank you for for bringing me on that track. Well, Nancy Drew's a TV show though on CW. If you want to watch that, I don't. But thank you. I think it's on CW. Uh, yeah, I try to avoid that network like a plague, but Arrowverse, man. Okay, you're right. I I know that I know that that's the one show that most people love. You know, my girl loves CW herself, um, but I try to avoid it like a plague. Yeah. Um, with that being said, Veronica Mars changed the platform a lot, and I think ever since then, dude, like mm. people trust it less. Yeah, you know, I agree. I you, agree. you really only see these big projects making the money on there, like. Projects that already probably yeah. had a million before they started raising funding Even, are the ones that are making the, 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 the turnouts now. Yeah, and also I think it's more tech now too than filmmaking. Because like if you look at just regular old Joe filmmaking, Joe Schmo filmmaking things, it's, I feel bad for those people because it's like, you know, they have an Indiegogo for like, you know, making a film production studio and they want a budget of $2,000 and it's like 30 days and I'm like, they haven't been touched. Then you go back like two weeks later and it's like 14, like 15 days left and they still have nothing yeah. and they're still on like the fifth page. And I'm like, yeah, that dude. poor guy, like how the fuck I, I'm like, I don't have the money to donate, but if somehow like, why isn't this being shown somewhere? Like, yeah. you know, I agree with it you looks man. like Tuscaloosa, like Alabama, it's the best projects is, yeah. that don't get the funding. I yeah. guarantee it. It's yeah. the best ones on there that have the most potential, you know? And then you have certain shit. I'm sorry to keep be getting more off no, topic. That's fine. How many times has Kickstarter had scams? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm talking products that have never come there, out. People there was have a, lost their fucking money. There's a dude in Vegas that scammed people. Apparently he, he made a zombie. He wants to make a zombie movie. I think it was. And he literally took the money he had and he bought a red. I heard. I don't uh-huh. like, I, I mean, this is like a, do you know the person I'm talking about? 
I may know who you're talking about, okay. but if, if I know who you're talking about, it wasn't from crowdfunding. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. Because I heard it was from crowdfunding. That's, so it might okay. be two different people who okay. have, have fallen under the same. But yeah, I know I know somebody personally, one-on-one, okay. on one, that okay. has done exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, wow. That's just weird and ironic. <laughs> I know. And it, happened in this city, and it happened in this city as well yeah. a year ago. Um, it wasn't a year ago. I think it was a few years ago. So cool. it might have been so, yeah. someone else. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Histories repeat themselves. But, yeah, right. Um, either or. Kickstarter has fallen under this weird category mm-hmm. where it's like you either have a bunch of people that have already were going to support you that are yeah. going to help you get that funded or, you know, you had a million dollars to begin with and this yeah. is really just extra money to make sure this project actually happens and comes out successful. So we wanted to be the anomaly mm-hmm. that raised the money on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, 50,000 to shoot this feature. We ended up getting comped. We, we had made a good impact in the community and we yeah. got comped passes to go to GCC, the global crowdfunding convention at Planet oh, yes. Hollywood. Um, we had gotten a free booth. Awesome. They, I mean, dude, they hooked it up. It gave us so much promo. I mean, I'm so thankful for them yeah, yeah. for doing that for us. And now you know so much about it. And we learned a lot. And yeah. we also learned while we were there, we're not ready for crowdfunding. And we went live the day we went to GCC. Oh boy. <laughs> you, just, you know, I feel like that's a bad, that's a bad, <laughs> we went live at GCC to like get a push. Yeah. Yeah. And we just didn't know. I mean, we needed the education yeah, yeah. and we learned from industry execs. We learned from yeah. successful campaign managers, what you need to have. I mean, what you bare minimum need yeah, yeah. to have a successful campaign. Well, what, what is the bare minimum? Give me like the five, three things. Number one, you need a list. Okay. You need a list of at least 60% of what you were looking to raise ready to be raised within the first 72 hours from people who have signed and pledged and Holy you have shit. their emails. No, this isn't like people think that the shit falls into your lap. Yeah. yeah. Going on what you were talking about, the people in Vegas, like, yeah. you know, that we know that, you know, have these continuous successful Indiegogo yeah. campaigns there. They do have 70% of it solidified, mm-hmm. whether it's their own money or 70% people they know that have already 100% indebtedly vowed that yeah. money. That was figured out before they went live. Wow. A, because of what you said, you go trending. Yeah. Um, which kind of falls into my second point. You want to trend. However, yeah. that means whether it's through advertisement on Facebook, which has worked for a lot of yeah. people, advertisement on different social medias, word for word marketing. You really want to go trending on a campaign or that chance of landing money from people who have never heard of you yeah. goes down 70%. Wow. Because they're not, just like you said, yeah, yeah. man, Joe Schmo that has the brilliant film idea. He's just on that, page seven, bro. Yeah, but just that percentage that you just threw out to me is like We're talking, yeah, crazy. I mean, you need, we're talking like, most of your fucking yeah, yeah. film needs to be funded before you even ask other people for more Holy money. Holy shit. And that's the, that's the truth. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not even, it's, it's not, it, you can be one of the lucky few that doesn't, but yeah. every single exec that we had talked to, you don't have at least 50%. And that was the lowest number I heard thrown out. If you don't have at least 50% of your funding figured out before you went live, your campaign's going to fail. Figure it out as in like what you're going to do with the funding. No, meaning like, like you knew it was going to come in and you okay. knew where it was coming from. Oh, wow. Okay. Shit. <laughs> so imagine that you have, t- you know, 300 friends yeah. that have signed a list. Yeah. That say that they're going to each put in a hundred bucks. Okay. You know that that money's going to come in. If you can get that list to 70%, yeah. you're going to probably make a hundred. You're going to probably make your hundred percent. Wow. Cause you're going to go trending. You're going to build brand reliability and trust yeah. with your campaign because you had a, a bunch of, 
first of all, also here's rule number three. You don't want all of your money to come in from just a couple of investments that doesn't look good either. And it doesn't give voice to the people who don't have a lot to donate. So honestly, you don't want four people to donate a thousand dollars or whatever, to get you to your $5,000 goal and then try to raise that thousand. You want a hundred people that donated, you know, between 10 and $20 because that makes people say, Oh, a hundred other people believe in this. Maybe one more can too. And I'll help it get to its funding. So I think those are the biggest things, man. A, the biggest, harshest truth. Yeah. Don't get into crowdfunding if you haven't figured out most of your crowdfunding, which I know well, that that I won't sounds, be like doing crowdfunding any- <laughs> it sounds like a catch 22, Shit, I, dude. I try the, I try the Patreon and I don't know how I feel about it. So I kind of want to. Patreon's cool. Yeah. I, I mean. Because it has room for growth, yeah, right? I yeah, think that's true. what's cool with Patreon. Like you have time to build a Patreon. Yeah. Kickstarter, once it's live, you got 30 fucking days. You that's can be true. on Patreon well, you for have, years. You kind of have like 60 days too, depending on what you're you right, want to do right, as you well. You can do 60. I mean, and that was another rule that we had heard. If you do a 60 day campaign, you're dwindling your percentage I heard chance that. of I heard that, winning yeah. your campaign by 50%. That's insane. Like you think 60 days would give you more time to get everything in line too as well. Like, you know what I mean? And give you more time. People to- want to believe that you got everything in line oh, before okay. you've put that campaign that makes live. Sense now. Yeah. They don't want to risk their wallet with something yeah, that yeah. they think needs double the time as most projects yeah, to yeah. raise the money. And that's, you know, I guess yeah. I, that will end that with rule number three. The yeah. top three rules of crowdfunding, you know, A- have most of your crowdfunding mm-hmm. figured out at least 50, but shoot for 70% before you go live. Yeah. Number two, you want to go trending, whether that means you've done a lot of marketing research on how you're going to advertise this on social media platforms or whatever your reason may be. Yeah. And number three, don't choose a 60 day campaign because your chances automatically are going to go down and it's not even your fault. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that blows my mind. I mean, I kind of want to do a Kickstarter after you told me about this. <laughs> yeah, dude, now, now, now I don't want to do one. It's, it's fucked up, man. It's it really, and th- when we learned all that by day three, we were like, let's pull the campaign down. Yeah, so you and pulled here's the, the main down? reason. And here's the main reason by day yeah. three, we had met with someone, an investor who was ready to put in the money for the film yeah. at GCC. Yeah. And she, she looked us in the eyes and said, look, I know you guys don't want to do the investment route, but I think it's going to be the best future for you. Yeah. You want an you want an angel investor that is not going to put their creative say, mm-hmm. and they exist, and I'm one of those. And just pull your campaign down and give yourself time to properly raise the money. Yeah. I'm just telling you that this campaign, like all these things, whatever. Yeah. So was, we listened to her. Was there investors at GCC as tons? Well? Wow, tons. No, there was literally yeah. a room where you could go in and pitch to a room full of them too, and one of them could potentially like pull you aside. So we went in and we pitched to those investors and we got great feedback oh, from investors. You know, some people, some investors straight up telling us to our face, like, look, if you had this, this would have made us interested. When's but you GCC? Don't have I'm kind of curious now. I don't know when it is this year, but look it up, man. I'm, I'm telling you, up, yeah, dude, it was, it was, I've been to quite a few conventions and yeah. in terms of beneficiality for my business and, and understanding how money works in the yeah. film industry, fucking GCC's top, top shelf, man. Oh shit. Okay. Top shelf. GCC. All right. Love awesome. it. Gotham City. Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> Back to Joker, man. I love that fucking movie, dude. I just saw the Joaquin Phoenix one yeah. yesterday and I can't stop thinking about it. I, you know what I just saw online? My friend put, sent it to me before he got here. Robert Pattinson in the bat suit. They posted uh, a video. Th- of there's it. a picture? There's a video of it. How does it look, man? How does he look? Uh, so it's all red. Video, like the video is all in red. So it's a red light. And you just see this like. Arkham style armor. Okay. And it looks awesome. Okay. And then on top of that too, he has that new to reboot face, rebirth face. So like patents. So yeah. he has that like, you know, that he doesn't have like the prominent chin or anything, no. but he looks good in it. Okay. So, so it looks like, good. He looks good. Yeah. So okay. yeah, yeah, definitely by the time this is out, like 
we'll have more news about the Batman. But as of today on Valentine's Day, which I'm naming again, <laughs> Parks and Rec reference, on February 13th, yeah. 2020, uh, Matt Reeves dropped the Batman, the Batman, the untitled Batman, the Batman Is movie, Matt Reeves directing that yeah, film? Yeah, Matt Reeves is directing that film. You know what, dude? I was anxious about it until you just said that. I fucking yeah. love Matt Reeves. See, there you go. He hasn't had many faults Merry in Merry Christmas. Career. Matt Reeves is my favorite because Cloverfield's one of my top five favorite films of all time. Oh, he did Cloverfield? Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. That was one of the that was one of the okay. in, in, intro starts in his career, and I yeah, yeah. man, that film that, I that love movie it. has a lot of like. Someone gave me the rundown of that movie once, like with the marketing campaign and all the slush show shit, and I'm like, wow, you can get lost like going down like a rabbit hole of conspiracy theory videos on YouTube. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> so okay, going back. Sorry, to, man, we, no, we went okay. way off. No, that's okay. fine, it's fine, fine. Back to home. Back to home. So you got the investor. So yeah, and and what's funny is that that investor taught us that we can get an investment. We went to LA yeah. to meet with her. She dropped out. Yeah. The only reason she dropped out is because she wanted it to be at a time. Dude, right when we went for this money is yeah. when the Weinstein shit started happening. Oh shit. So she as an investor was like, oh, this is not a good time to invest in cinema. A yeah. lot of people we talked to said the same thing. They were like, this is not a good time to invest in film. Yeah, yeah. The film industry is at a catapult right now. Yeah. Like, you know, producers are being exposed. I'm like, this is the indie industry though. Trying yeah, yeah. to explain that to these investors, it doesn't matter. It's their Tough. money yeah. on the line. You're technically you know the producer I mean? in that sense too. So yeah. Not, yeah. So they're not they're you know, they really don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So it ends up being this funny story where one of our main commercial clients, mm. the owner of this company, yeah. really grew a liking to what it is we were doing. And he ended up being our sole investor. Oh yes. He ended up buying a portion of our company too, and he's one nice. of our owners. Um, phenomenal person and phenomenal asset to our yeah. company. We ended up being able to do the film. So it took that whole journey of like, we spent four months working on our Kickstarter campaign. So, yeah. you know, they do say you need to at least spend three months on it. We did, and yeah. we thought that was enough. But Another again, nugget, when guys, you don't that's know, the fourth one, you, you just drop that. Yeah, for you free. need at least, you need at least 90 days, guys. You need at least 90 days to work on a solid campaign. If you haven't at least spent three months figuring out how it's going to work, um, including your perks and, and, and yeah. what it is people are going to get for donating, then I'm telling you, you're 10 steps behind. But so we spent four months working on it. We lead up to this point. We meet an investor that tells us you should take investment. You yeah. need an angel investor. Don't do crowdfunding. We believed her. She didn't come on with the film. We come yeah. home. A few months goes by and then we get a Boom. call, literally a call that says, I want to invest in this. Yeah. We meet with him. We sign on the dotted line and he made our film happen. So about two weeks after that, yeah. we were on the road. And then you're in Reno, which I heard we're you were. in Reno, yes. man. I now, loved what, it. What was that experience like directing home? What was, you, it was co-directed, right? That time? No, or, no it was just you directed. Yep, so oh, he yeah. was my director of photography. Oh, yeah. And again, I, I solely directed home. Uh, it was the same style that we did in Daddy Loves okay. Me. And I think that's why it worked. We were just yeah. like sticking with what we knew, you know? Um, also, I had written the story. So yeah. he always wanted me to direct it. And I believe that he was going to bring a phenomenal cinematography mm -hmm. style to it, which he did. Um, so we get out there, we go to Reno. I wanted to go out there because of culture. Man. It's not necessarily about, do you have enough money to grow across the world? Yeah. It's about being willing to spend a portion of your budget to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Being in Vegas, staying in Vegas would have been fine. And we yeah. probably could have filmed home, but it was about having nowhere to go other than making the fucking movie. Yeah. That I think is what brought the magic out of it for us. You know, what's yeah, going to yeah. happen when I'm complaining or like something's going wrong or we're fighting on set. Like you, all these things yeah. that happen in set life. I mean, set life's not perfect, dude. Hashtag and, set life. Yeah, dude, it's what happens. <laughs> and it was 15 days consecutive. Yeah. We had two houses. 
we stored half the actors and crew in one house, half mm -hmm. the actors and crew in the other, call time 8 a.m. every day. Again, we had a chef that was cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was oh, a wow. really, really awesome set. But with that being said, like, there's still the bad times. Yeah. And I wanted us to have nowhere to go. Yeah. Because it forced us as artists to all get out of our comfort mm -hmm. zone and finish the movie. So it was like a communal for like 15 days, right? If that's the correct Absolutely. term. Yeah. 15 yeah. days. 15 days. We're like, wow. let's get it done. Yeah. So, and I mean, also I'm going to, I'm going to steal a quote from a person, no name given, but to get comfortable, you have to get uncomfortable. I like that. Yeah. Stealing shit from my old boss. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him, dude. All old bosses out there. Fuck yourself. <laughs> we steal your, we steal your words and put them on our shows. Another entrepreneurial thing. They probably stole from another entrepreneur. So, <laughs> so yeah, man, we got out of our comfort zone. Um, you know, to tell you how out of our comfort zone we got. Yeah. You're in Reno. You're in the second biggest little city, whatever it's called. Yeah. You're, you're, you're far away from, you're eight hours away from home on drive. You're Absolutely. about what, an hour and a half away from an airplane. Yeah. So yeah, you're uncomfortable. So we're uncomfortable. Yeah. All of us. And we, one of the biggest locations, which is the location we needed in the first act. Yeah. We didn't even start filming knowing we had solidified. We had reached okay. out to every hospital in Reno, oh. every hospital. 30 miles outside of Reno, Nevada. Holy and shit. We were yeah, just, some people were giving us hits. Some people were quoting too much for yeah. the hospital space. We couldn't afford it. It was this, that, and the other. We didn't solidify that location till three days before the 15th day on set, the last day. But we knew it, man. It was just this gut feeling. It's like, yeah, if yeah. we live in this world and this is all we live in for two yeah. weeks, we can make the world happen. Yep. But if we have our lives that get in the way and we go back home and mm. we go to our comfort zone and we see our wives and our husbands and we're all comfy, yeah. just naturally, dude, like life gets in the way. Yeah. Life has a great way of doing that, especially when you've got a lot of shit to do. Like life, life finds a way. Life finds a way yeah. to intervene itself. So I tried to do my best to make sure life couldn't get yeah. in the way of 15 days. So when are you guys calling? Because like if you're filming every day. And I mean, well, then again, maybe the hospital's open. We had 20, two days uh, off. Okay. I th yeah, so I'm like thinking, days. well, then again, I'm like, that's a stupid question because the hospital's probably open 24 seven. So you're probably, but then again, you can't really get, if you guys are filming like eight to six or whatever it is, or eight to seven, you know, nonstop. Yeah. It was like eight to eight yeah, on eight, that day eight too. To eight. And then on top of that too, let's say you call the hospital at eight o'clock, eight thirty at night. You're not going to be able to talk to like the director of hospital, whatever it is, because <laughs> they're all at home. So you have to yeah. wait till the next day. And then they're probably calling you while you're on set and your phone's going to be off. So you're exactly, like, man. Yeah, it's just like, constant yeah. hustle. So luckily you did have those two days off in that regard. Yeah, and we made it happen. Yeah. Uh, we ended up getting a school, a yeah. nursing school okay. that had its own hospital area Perfect. with tons of all the equipment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they even provided us with a nurse specialist that taught us how to properly defibrillate and oh, wow. they even acted as a consultant in some of our sequences. Nice. So we got way more than we bargained for. And the reason being dude, you know, again, yeah. just believing and you believe in your craft enough and you live in your craft mm -hmm. enough. I think that's the biggest point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. It's like we were living in it. Yeah. You can make anything fucking happen. So got out of our comfort zone, made the film happen. Uh, it got stuck in limbo for a few months after that. When Why we were done. What? Um, we had an editor at the time. Mm -hmm. He got way too busy for the project, yeah. which is fine. But we also, he stopped communicating with us for four months. Well, that's a big no-no. With all the hard drives that contained every raw asset from the film. So it almost became a legal battle because we're talking about $35,000 worth of investment assets yeah. sitting on someone's hard drive that, sure, you might not have the time for it, but yeah. he's refusing to give us our, our footage back. Yeah, no bueno, man. No bueno, yeah. you know? 
I really didn't want to fight about it. I just wanted our hard drives back. You know, he yeah. already got his paycheck. I didn't give a shit. Like, just yeah, yeah. take it. If that's really what this was about, like, that's cool. But I need to finish this movie. Yeah, definitely. We got an investor that yeah. put all this money He's into like, it. Oh, time's like, ticking. Time's and, fucking yeah. ticking. So we got it back super late, which put a huge hindrance on starting things. Yeah. He lost a couple crucial shots. Um, How do you lose a couple crucial shots? Dude, like, I, maybe, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just like, I'm saying saying no, no, but yeah, really yeah. like, how do you do that? Just like, like a, only like two. And I'm really mean it. Like two really crucial shots yeah. from two crucial days were just, and you don't missing. have any backups. So I'm going to get on your case right now. You have to have backups, sir. We had backups, but those shots were also missing on his backups. Oh. So I don't know if they were misproperly dumped SD cards okay. that were missing a couple shots. Yeah. I don't know what happened in the DIT equation. Yeah. I don't know. Again, like I wasn't there to point fingers yeah. at anybody. It was just I like was point fingers at you. Right no, now. but yeah. I appreciate it. No, yeah. I, I I'll fuck myself for that yeah. one. I appreciate, you know, I got to take some blame. Yeah. So it didn't get backed up, man. So we lost yeah. a couple of things. Anyway, we made it all work out and we had a work in progress yeah. screening. And I want to think it was one of the best choices we'd ever made. Mm -hmm. A, we had 700 people. Wow. In the span of a day. Can fill up a theater. Between about around 400, I, I wouldn't yeah. say seven because now that I'm doing the math theater, it was about 400. Yeah, you're going like WWE, like WrestleMania three with the uh, Superdome, fucking Silverdome thing, man. You're going like 95,000, only 78,000. <laughs> yeah, were in there. fuck that. I'm yeah. not. I'm not here to falsify numbers online. <laughs> so about 400 people show up, man, and we gave them all sheets. Yeah, you can't. There's not even a place to write your name. Yeah. And I just want you to be brutally honest. Oh, that's awesome. I love you guys for that. I, I honestly love you because I hate going to screenings and having always your friends and family go because that's basically what they are. And then they just tell you it's great. It's oh, good. I it's wonderful. It. I love oh, it. Oh, my God. And then I was telling, I think I might have told Edgar this. I'm like, I'd rather go on Craigslist and ask people to see my movie and I'll pay you 20 bucks each to see it. And just and shit be, on me and, for 10 and, minutes. Yeah, and shit on me for 10 No, seriously, I'd rather get shit no, on. No, I really, yeah. I, it's the only way you're going to grow. Exactly, exactly. I you, can't yeah. stand people that yeah. just tell you what I you want to hear, man. so much. Don't watch my movie yeah, then, you know what? Yeah, no, don't you, watch if it. If you're just going to love it no matter what, you know, then you know, don't fucking show up. You know what's funny too? You mentioned that. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to him, but I went to see uh, <laughs> Bad Boys 3. How was it, man? I saw it in the work in progress screening. Okay. It was in Vegas and I had to do the same thing, write like what you liked, what you didn't like and all that stuff. It was really cool. So I was like, I really appreciate that process. So oh, like, yeah. I like love hearing this more now. Like I'm like, oh, this is not like, process. Is so cool. It's a great way to yeah. get feedback. Honest learn, feedback too. And honest anonymous, feedback. honest feedback. And learn maybe, maybe this feedback isn't even going to benefit this yeah. project and depending on your circumstances, mm -hmm. but to get that feedback regardless is yeah. going to help you so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we did get direct feedback about the movie that we did directly change yeah. in the film due to, you know, if we got a note more than 15 times, yeah. okay, well, this is something yeah. that maybe is, is worth t paying some attention to. Yeah. Did you get any notes that contradicted each other? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, how do you, how do you go along Most with of them. So if there was notes that were contradicting each other, we, we had a great understanding that we weren't going to touch it yeah. because it's just controversy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's opinions, it's human beings. I've had conversations with some people in recent time that like didn't like certain films, like you know, Get Out, yeah, yeah. Um, the new Joker. I didn't like reboot. us. Yeah, I didn't like us. Yeah, and 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 it's fine. These are films yeah. that are looked at from a majority. Like I, I fucking hate the Babadook. Oh, That's really? one of the, I honestly, I think it's one of the worst horror films I was conned into watching. I, I think, <laughs> I think my girlfriend likes that film. 
to ask her again. You can tell her for me personally that she should hate that film and give it another watch because right. I can't stand it, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I can't You're, stand you it. You hate it so much you got I angry. just got to bang my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, bro, that's just like life opinions. Yeah. Just because I hate that movie yeah. doesn't mean that she shouldn't love yeah, it. Yeah. And I think that when you get opinions like that at a work in progress, mm-hmm. you have to find this fine line of, okay. Yeah. This is a valuable note mm-hmm. that maybe we should consider changing. Yeah. And then this is just human beings at work. Not everyone was going to love this movie. Even if it's perfect, yeah. they're going to find fucking things wrong with it. Yeah. So when you get those controversial notes, it's a, it, it, it comes down on you as yeah. the artist. Are you strong enough to stray away from those and mm-hmm. be like, okay, I don't need to work on that. I stand by my vision. I don't think these notes are correct. If we change that, I'm going against my artistic integrity. Yeah. Or do you do it because you want to please everybody and, and make a film that everyone yeah. loves because you were that guy that listened to everyone and made the perfect movie for everyone else? When granted, you know, spoiler alert, you can do that, but you're mm. still going to have a majority of people that hate your fucking that's movie. That's true, yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. They're going to hate your movie. Yeah. And that's fine, man. You've got to be used to yeah. having your movie hated. Like, I don't know what... It's all about criticism. Exactly. Like, constructive... Like any, any type of criticism really in, in this industry, like, you know, people can't take, again, this is kind of like kind of foreshadowing, like people can't take criticism in this community. No. I'll talk about that later on again, but also again, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you about the first movie with Teddy's home. Um, how long was it? How many pages was it? Did, what did you, how many, how many minutes did you cut out? Did you have a lot of time? You know what I mean? Yeah. The film was 75 pages. Okay. So it was always meant to be a short. Mm-hmm. That's Wait, not a short do though. No, I mean, I, it was always meant to be a short feature is oh, okay. what I mean, because yeah. the, the, the reason I say that is, you know, I've heard, even heard from a lot of people in the festival circuit that we ran with that were like, oh, your film, yeah. you know, think, you know, to, for it to be successful in distribution, you're going to need it to be at least like an hour 30, yeah. you know, an hour 20 or like all these things. So yeah. that was never my goal. And I yeah, told yeah. everybody that's ever asked me that, I'm like, look, man. Honestly, I wanted the film to be an hour and five minutes. And yeah. in the final edit, that's how long it is. It's yeah. 65 fucking minutes. Yeah. Um, and the reason being is like, sometimes horror films lose themselves. I'm a huge yeah. horror buff. It's mm-hmm. my favorite genre. I Who's your favorite horror film? <sighs> Evil Dead, the reboot. Okay. Okay. Evil I never Dead, saw the reboot. that. I was too and it, would, yeah. it, it would be at a tie with Don't Breathe, which was from the same director and okay. writer, Fede Alvarez. Gotcha. A phenomenal mm-hmm. twisted mind. You want to see a good uh, fan film? Yeah. I'm going to give you a recommendation. It's called Never Hike Alone. Never hike alone. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's a Jason fan film. It's one of the best Friday the Thirteenth fan films I ever Shit. saw. Yeah, can you I, tell me it one more time, man? Because I'm gonna never forget. hike alone. I'll, never I'll hike message alone. it. Please to do, you man. Also. No, I'll yeah. watch it. Uh, I'm actually just talked to. Well, it, now that this is past, uh, Vince Vin DeSanti, he's the director of it, and he's making a sequel to it called Never. Um, oh my god, Never hike. Um, Never hike in the snow or something like that. I think it's called, and it's like the prequel to Never Hike Alone. They nice. made a sequel for it. And he's a really dope dude, also. But he's man, a big, I'm gonna have to check that out. That's a big badass. Jason fan, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're George Elias, but George Elias introduced me to him. So yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. So is he a local horror? No, he's, he's in um he's in um California, I believe. Yes. Okay, nice yeah. man. I mean, they got it going on in LA. Yeah. You know, in California, there's so much talent out yeah. there. Not saying that there isn't a bunch of talent in Vegas. I'm just mean the competition pool is obviously yeah. larger. There's a you difference. Know what I mean? There's a difference in hustle and everything like that. For so sure, it's it's, it's it's a big different game. Game. Um, so it was always meant to be short, you know. The first cut of the film was an hour twenty. Okay, so the last cut took out was like, an, what, like an 20? hour eight. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an hour eight with like two minute credits. Okay, to make it an hour ten. 
So an hour and eight, we cut out quite a bit. Okay. It was, but you cut out a bit that wouldn't like hinder the plot. Absolutely. Which is great. Um, and we also added. Yeah. So kind of going back to the work in progress, there was some lingering questions like big time. What is the book? Because yeah. the funniest part about it, man, like. So this goes back to the book question. The book was never meant to be. You're not supposed to know everything about the book. And that's yeah. really a big point of the story. Okay. You're not supposed to know word for word what's in this book. You're not supposed to know how long it took her to write it. You're not supposed to know a lot of details about it because what the story we're seeing are the repercussions of that book. And I yeah. want you to make as many discoveries as you can oh, okay. while seeing the repercussions of writing it, yeah. not necessarily what's in it. But there was a few lingering questions on like, is it a book? Because yeah. we talked about it so little in the yeah. first cut that some people were confused on what home was. Yeah. So we actually wrote this awesome fucking scene that's now in the final cut of the yeah, movie yeah. that clarifies all those questions. Did you have to go back to Reno? We didn't. That okay. was the one scene that we filmed in Las Vegas. We rented out a show production studio. Okay. We recreated, we based a, we based the scene off of like shows like The View, The oh, Talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we basically had three girls, yeah. three women sitting on stage talking about how this book affected their life gotcha. to give you more pieces as to what it is with news banners telling you how many copies the book sold. Okay. And it really gave a lot of scale to it. And honestly, man, if it wasn't for the work in progress, we would have never written that sequence yeah, yeah. and added it in. And now everybody that's seen it has collectively agreed that the story like came way more to fruition. So yeah. again, man, like you deal with a lot of bullshit, a lot of people that don't yeah. like things that you love and you're like, yeah. Oh, well, this is my favorite part of the movie. And it's like that <laughs> artistry part. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, there are some, there's valid opinions from yeah. other people that, you know, you get tunnel vision in your shit. Mm -hmm. and no matter what you do, you get tunnel vision as an artist. So it's always nice to step back to and like, you know, see what the other people are seeing. So we had that work in progress yeah. screening, re-edited the film, added in some sequences. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, man, we, we, we wrote our, we just got done writing our first festival circuit. Nice. Yeah. I heard you were in Ohio, right? Yeah. You we went to Cleveland. Cleveland. We went to Europe. Yep, we, Europe. we got to do some pretty awesome things yes, with the yes. movie. Got to meet some great people, set up some good future connections for always you a know, plus. Always a plus. We're trying to film in Belgium in the next couple of years because cool. of some connections we made out there. So, you know, who knows, man? It's international all about rising again. That's production. what we want to do, man. That's actually one of my upcoming singles on my music oh, yeah? sites called international. As okay. Well. So there's now, there's now after home, now you're going to the music thing or are you still doing what else are you guys doing? So home is, is going for sale next month. Okay. So Amazon. that's just, um, we're actually doing, um, independent sales through our own platform. Okay. That's powered by VHX. Which um, is OTT. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's not VHX anymore. Come on. I know. Come I know man. it. <laughs> Come on. I just figured, you yeah. know what VHX is and not a lot of people I've thrown around the term OTT and they yeah. have no idea what the fuck that is. Over the top, uh, over the something over the top. You know, like yeah. whatever it is. Like, that's what I'm saying. OTT. DHX. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're going to be independently selling through that because yeah. we want to allow people to experience the film for a really low yeah. amount of money. Now, are you doing it like, because uh, I know there's, there's Vimeo Pro, right? Right. Where you can sell it on demand. So there's that Vimeo on demand asset Correct. to it. And then there's the v, a Vimeo OTT service, which is VHX or right. was VHX. Which is what we'll be using. Which we'll be using. But then will you be making this service into a production house service where you're adding other content to it as well. So it's like a, in, in regards, it's a YouTube. Absolutely. This is a first step, right? Okay, so yeah. if this works out, 
as well as we yeah. hope it will. And, and we have six months of marketing research put yeah. behind this and a lot of ad campaigns going into attempting to make this successful. Click funnels to things, yeah. Tons, man. man my goodness, my head's going crazy just yeah. thinking about making all this execute. Now, are you going AVOD, SVOD? Um, you're just going to do buy rent, stuff like that? Absolutely, for now. For now, um, buy rent. We do still plan on potentially having limited edition Blu-ray physical okay. copies for people who are really good fans. Like At first, man, it's all about building traction. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to raise awareness that this film exists. Yeah. We want a lot of people to see it mm -hmm. uh, whilst also, you know, building back some profit, which yeah, is yeah. why we do this. Um, but we're trying to do something new so people can experience the movie and not feel like they have to give more than they can yeah. to, you know, it, we live in a weird generation now, man. Everything's yeah. subscription based. Yeah. So when you ask somebody to buy a movie for even $15, she'll buy like, it for 15, you know, like it's, but I I'm sure. And there's a lot yeah. of people like you that would, but you ask people to buy a movie for $15. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of shit. That's, that's dinner, you know, that's put towards bills. That's gas money. So I get it, man. That's just kind of how life works. Like 15 bucks here and there stacks up 15 becomes yeah. 30 for two people or whatever this, that, and the other. So we, we really want people to experience the film for a low amount of money. Yeah, yeah. So on the first wave of sales, the film's going to go on sale for $4. Okay. Wow. Nice. Good, good call. We're just, we yeah. want people to experience the whole film is, yeah. is an experience. So that's the whole purpose. Yeah. Um, we will have some other flash sales and, and we, there's basically an eight month selling strategy that Very starts nice. in March. Very good. That's going to go all the way through Halloween and beyond. This will actually, I think be out in Halloween ish area, maybe November. So cool. yeah. Cause if it's weekly and you're 45, you're technically around, uh, that's perfect man in the year so, so you know, by this point you know by the time that this comes out then um in the halloween area there will be some really cool things that have yeah. already happened with this film that have changed from ott yeah. more ways to see it mm -hmm. potentially cheaper ways that yeah. give us more benefits maybe some black friday deals i'm just saying i don't know anything i'm just saying <laughs> you're on my, you're, you're catching my drift yeah. my friend there's a lot of opportunities around this time that yeah. look man we obviously we need to make something because it's an investment film yeah. like you know this is all about growing a company, but at the end of the day, we believe in the people that have believed in us. Yeah. We believe in the people who have never heard of us and that we mm -hmm. believe that they're going to see the vision we've had. And yeah, I think, think going the distribution route wasn't going to make sense for this film. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, distribution is weird and funky as well too. Cause Fuck like, yeah, you know, is. not like not showing people who make those small like other independent films too, but you know, when people like get into Walmart and stuff like that, yeah, it's probably like you can go through distributor and all that shit and stuff like that. But at the same time, when I'm at Walmart, personally, I'm not looking for an independent film that I don't know anything about. Maybe I'll look at it, but my my taste of movies isn't really going to want to buy it for ten bucks or whatever. Exactly. When I can go to the Blu-ray bin for five dollars or even seven dollars and pick something up. Look at that fucking list over there. Of movies I have like it's over three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> movies I have, and it's not all like from buying movies <laughs> on awesome, Tuesdays. Dude. It's like buy it's Blu-ray bins at Best Buy and fucking. Walmart basically. And you get to explore yeah. films that most people maybe haven't seen yeah. and these beautiful gems. You yeah. support indie filmmakers. It's fucking great. But like you can't but the thing is those gems that you see aren't things that are really, you know, at Walmart from the independent film, I'm there's nothing that's really going to cuz I'm like it's I'm like it's Walmart. I'm not really thrilled about it. You know what I mean? And not, <laughs> I'm not going to knock Walmart no, down. I know what you're I know exactly like, where you are know, it, it's a shitty it's a shitty cover, you know. I want something that makes it more presentable. I know you're an indie film. I mean, it's just me complaining right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, like, I get you, but, man. I get you. Yeah. It's, I think the funniest thing about those is that the films that are most successful in mm. those bins are mock films. Yeah. Which again, not docking those or, or talking shit, but yeah. 
you know, transmorphers next to transformers is going to yeah. do well because somebody and those aren't even didn't in the bins. Spend- those are actually on the racks. I'm talking about like the 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 movies like that you wouldn't like Clash of the Titans is in the bins. <laughs> like you know, transmorphers is next to transformers on the racks. And like, you know, like, you know, Psycho Clowns from Hell, whatever, I don't know, some movie you see in like the bottom, but you see that it's not even like where your eyes are going, which sucks because like all the last row, the bottom of the fucking barrel on the, on the racks. And you're yeah. like, you have to like look for something and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, okay. Uh, not really interested. I'll put it back. It's like, yeah, no, really you're like, right, yeah. man. And it's got to capture your attention yeah. in that moment to even get it. So Again, that's why we didn't even want to do physical copies on this yeah. first release of the film because that's we're in such yeah. a digital age. Like, it's not about even saving costs. Like, we're more than willing to put the money yeah. into Blu-ray production, having five hundred in inventory maybe instead, just to like get just an to idea. see. Just to yeah, see. and we've 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 played around with that idea too. Yeah. But it's like, to be blunt, man, I'd rather I'd rather ten thousand people go yeah. buy our four dollar copy yeah. and go yeah. get the four K full fucking edition, see it in the way it's meant okay. to be seen then you know have this inventory and this product for something like it could happen it's just way more of like an august september thing of this year you know what i mean no worries um but i'm kind of i'm with you on that man like it's all about in this generation how do you make things easy for people yeah because if it's too hard we're not going to do it yeah no exactly yeah yeah (laughs) if it's it's that's that's where we are in 2020 you know yeah no it's 2020 vision 2020 experience so you're doing that and any, I think Edgar was talking about some other projects that you have going on the pipeline. So we have, we have two two yeah. projects. Yeah. One's a feature film and one is a television series. Yeah. Uh, right. Seven is episodes. It, is it a horror film, the feature film? I forgot. The feature film is a musical. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think I remember now. Yeah. Um, and it's basically... So last year I released the debut album for my music side. Oh, yes. Um, and I go by Triple Vision in my music. How'd you come up with that name, by the way? Um, there's multiple and, and I'm going to tell you half of the reason and okay. the other half, I can't tell you on camera because it actually revolves strictly with the musical and the album okay. that's coming out alongside it. Then no, actually don't tell me then okay. I don't want to be told, Please, but I can leave this. I can leave this with you. My name is triple vision. Cause my vision is risen third eye shit. No lie. If you saw my mind, you wouldn't survive bitch words falling together like dominoes on this road to go sharp enough to cut your throat using the fucking bars I wrote. That's kind of the whole idea of the yeah. brand. But, okay. you know, that's really all I can tell mind. people. Yeah. Um, the remainder of that story, mm. the scars, who Triple Vision is, it's all going to be explored in the next two yeah. projects coming out. Okay. Uh, Triple Vision is very much a persona and personification of myself um, that so, explores the darkest avenues of my life. So and, will you be acting in that then? I will be. Okay. Yeah, I will be starring in that one. So I won't even be really in the director's seat mm-hmm. very much. Um, th- this film. I, that's I, a new I'm, challenge for you too. Then. Yeah, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. Um, having fully written the script mm. and then just starring in it and kind of letting other people take the reins. Yeah. You know, I do plan on co-directing at least alongside somebody to make mm. sure because it's so personal to me. This project yeah. is, it's literally this musical is a dramatic, dramatized recreation of my life. Oh, wow. So like things that we go over, like my mom's passing, yeah, we yeah. go over the LA years and the yeah. ways that I fucked up. It's literally Triple Vision's uprising. Okay. We're telling it from Triple's perspective. I feel like you're giving away too much shit then. That's all I got for okay. you, man. That's uh, all I got I for you right good, now. Good, good. That's all I got for you right now anyway. Anything else you want to add that's, that, for your journey that you want to end on for your journey? Hey, man. I, I, by the time this is out, I just fucking want people to be you know, following what we're doing with Rising yeah. Again. 
by this point, you know, you will have heard a lot about this musical. Mm-hmm. Home will have been out for a while and, and done substantially well. All right. I like the um, positive. <laughs> and by the time you have heard of both of these things, yeah. a few months after this, we should be starting production on our seven episode series, okay, cool. which is a science fiction drum. Yes. Cool. 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 Now here's the second half of the show. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> We're two hours in. This is the second half of the show. So the second half of the show is uh, two. Que- it's a two part question, basically. Or and I don't know if it's three or two parts, but it's about the film community. Now, what okay. are the strengths and weaknesses of the film community? Is the first part. Okay. And then what can we do to get to the next level of to get to raise that next level, get to break that glass? So let's start with let's start with the good things. Let's start with the strengths. Film community, and now when we're talking about film community, mm. just to specify, are we talking about, talking about Vegas, Vegas film community? I'll ask you about, like, we can talk about, like, the California film community as okay. well, because I know you were in that for a bit, yeah. you know what I mean? But let's talk about, it's mostly about Vegas, because okay. for people that are living here, we're talking about Vegas in general, because I want okay. to get down to the root of the problem, because I think there's a lot of problems here. Agreed. And I think we need to figure them out, and if we, if we don't talk about them, we're not going to figure them out, we're not going to uh, grow, we're not going to you know, become better at people. In that Absolutely, regard. dude. So that's, that's why we do this podcast as well. Okay. I, I like that, man. That's really cool. I like this half. Um, yeah. A lot of people do. It's really fun to show things. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's spicy. It's controversial. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, all right. Before we start, I'm going to cut this out, but Hassani Johnson shit on the fucking Nevada film office. Really? Yeah. He does not like it. <laughs> and you I, know, I, I, I've, underst- had, I've had my pros yeah. and cons experiences with them as yeah. well. I could tell you that, you know, they fucking, they, they try to tell you that they're going to help you so not much help and you. they're not going to fucking no. help you. I've, I've <laughs> like, had that same experience because I asked them, I asked them, um, Hey, I reached out to them before I started releasing the episode. I said, Hey, you know, I have a podcast launching in January. I know. Is it possible for you guys to sponsor it? I'm not looking for any money. I'm not looking for it. I just yeah, want, you just keep, want some brand, just some brand like, recognition because you're the film office. And then, um, Eric, uh, email me back. And he goes, hey, John, what's your podcast about? I told him it's about the journey of the filmmaker, basically. You know, we talk about your whole like experience. And then we talk about the strengths, weaknesses of the film community, which I guess they didn't want to hear. And then they talk, and we talk about what can we do to improve. Never heard back from the dude. And then I, then I emailed them again with the first episode. Never heard back. From, I never heard of them again. Man. So, and then I've heard a lot of other things as well about like, especially when, when they're making Takeout Girl, he, I heard a lot of fucking... The which shit is that, doing really yeah, well right now, yeah, my which goodness. Do, yeah, which is phenomenal. And like he was telling me, like he was asking for locations and he sent, he, he uh, again, I'm gonna cut this part out, but basically <laughs> he reached out to Danette and, uh, Danette was like, we don't have these locations and they found every location he needed. <laughs> so like they, they only, because they here's only the, that's help. their problem. Yeah. The Nevada film office is a network. Yeah. If you're trying to accomplish something that's outside of their network, yeah. they don't believe it's possible. Uh, yeah. They, but they don't help anyway. They don't even try to help. That's no. the problem too. They only care about certain productions. They only care about certain production companies. Fucking agreed, man. So that's that. Uh, that's where we leave it at that. But we'll start with the strengths. Let's start with the strengths then. Okay. All right. So we're back on. Yeah. <laughs> One second. Let's talk about the strengths of the film community in Vegas. <laughs> the strengths of the film community in Vegas is ambition. Okay. 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 The difference between LA and Vegas, and this is what's always made Vegas more exciting to explore in the okay. film community, is that LA is a standard. You have this ability. Everybody fucking believes that you have to go to UCLA yeah. or NYFA LA. Well, don't, don't knock USC. I'm not, you- I'm not trying to <laughs> knock it. I'm just saying that everyone fucking believes yeah, yeah. out there that if you didn't go to those schools, mm-hmm. 
that you don't have the proper film education yeah. to make it in Los Angeles. Like gotcha. self-trained is not a concept in LA. Yeah. Maybe for a YouTuber in yeah. LA, but I'm telling you like through the conversations I've had out there, if you didn't get a fucking film degree, like they're not even going to let yeah. you on set as a, as a key grip. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, that's it, crazy. It, it's the freelance world exists, but mm. the opportunity for growth in it. Okay. Interesting. There's not yeah, a lot. Yeah. If, if you don't have a degree or yeah. you haven't gone to school or you didn't know people who are pulling you into it because everybody else out there that has gone to school, yeah. they'd prefer to work with each other. You yeah. go to Chapman university, you went to USC, yeah. you went to UCLA. I've heard it time and time again in Vegas since we don't really like have film schools, yeah. we have schools that offer film Yeah, that really changed the demographic in our city because like people are just willing to go out there and explore it. Yeah. So the main strength is like vegans. I yeah. don't know what you'd call a lot. That sounds like you're a vegan. Yeah. But that's why I, I, I try to Las Vegans. Yeah. We're fucking Las Vegans or Las Vegans. There's, or a, Las there's an ambition to go out there and just do it. Okay. Now I, I see your, I see your thing, but I kind of want to counterpoint you on this. Cause okay, this is yeah, a weakness please. where I was telling Edgar this and I said, I think the, and the, people have said this on the show too. The film community out here is fractured. It's splintered. It feels like a click. That's the truth. Man. That's the truth. Okay. So again, guys, truth. you heard this. We never talked about this prior. So no one can. No, so, I, I know. Not yeah. at all. I swear. Yeah. I, I, he, those words just came out of his mouth, but there hasn't been any more truth to yeah. that. We click easy here. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it's, this goes back to our whole Scorsese. Um, it's not Scorsese. It was Quentin Bolt. Scorsese is part of this too. Yeah. But like Tarantino, um, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler thing, where we talked about like using the same people. Now I think that's a good, yeah, you can use the same people, but if you kind of rotate, like if we were making a movie, let's say, for example, yeah. I don't always want to work with you. No, I, I would and love, you shouldn't I would, want I would, to always work with to, me. But yeah. at the same time, I understand I need to not work with you all the time. Right. Because I can grow as a person and learn different things about other people as well. Absolutely. And to learn about other people and our idiosyncrasies can like grow as well and manifest and shit like that. So that's I'm why totally I think, I'm yeah. totally with you. There's clicking. Mm-hmm. There's people that only cast there. That is a huge problem, man. Yeah. I don't know. I know that we're still talking about strength, yeah, so yeah. I don't really want to get into I, I, that until it, we're talking yeah, about I'm weaknesses. Sorry. I kinda, no, it's I okay. Went off ta- uh, no, it's okay. Yeah. I just know that I'll go on a huge tangent yeah, yeah. too. And well, we'll just wait save for that. that. For... Save it. Let, let's talk about strength still. All right. So strength is ambition. Everyone yeah. out here has ambition to, okay. to make a spark in the community. And mm-hmm. I think that that's great because it doesn't matter how much education you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, specifically even for home, we went to Las Vegas Academy yeah. and we signed an, a document with the principal from our company that we were going to pick two students. They were going to get credit for coming on set with yeah. us. We still paid them nice. as well. It's like an internship. Exactly. Very but cool, like, man. I didn't know that. I'm trying to give back, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, like, it, it, I want to show that Vegas has always been like that. Yeah, and yeah. that kids, young kids can like get into it too. Cause yeah, yeah. dude, I mean like when I was telling you how old I got into this 17, 18, yeah, that's dude. high school range. Yeah. I just started school a year early and graduated early. So by the yeah. time I was out, I was you 16. I was a junior. Yeah. Junior. So, Six, yeah. At 16. Yeah. So, my story is just a little bit different, yeah. but like we all start young out here and that's mm-hmm. what I love. I think that when you go to LA, you're not allowed to start until you're at the end of your three, four years yeah. in, in art school. And then it's like, okay, now we can focus on yeah, beginning yeah. your career. And it's like, fuck, that's, it's a lot of time. Well, there's also, I mean, there's a, there's a book I read a long time ago called 101 things you don't teach you in film school. And one thing that, that stood out to me was you go to film school, right? And you, everyone wants to be a fucking director. Everyone wants every to be one, person, right? Every but they, they don't, what they don't tell you is that, you know, Johnny over there, his dad paid for like, you know, 
the new addition of like the edit bays. Yeah. So Johnny's going to become director. You're going to be ending up as a grip. So that's what really happens in film school. Politics. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know if it's still true now. It might be. Yeah. I'm trying to speculate here. I guess I'm trying to like not to be in. <laughs> I didn't go to yeah. a film school per se in LA. Yeah. So my experience was different. Yeah. You know, I just worked with a lot of people who did go to film yeah. school. I went to an acting school. Yeah, so it was to, totally I different. To a, I went to an art school. There you, you know go. I mean? So it's just, it's not the same thing. Yeah. There's some people who go to like NYFA and they get that yeah. dedicated film training. And then yeah. there's people like us who like get art training, yeah. but like in a much broader sense. So yeah, yeah. I'm just it, like you, man. It's like things that I experienced through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do a lot of, crucial work when I was in LA to experience that kind of set life. But the yeah. few times I was like, I was able, I, I, had, I had done a project. It was a music video and the lighting designer for that music video was mm -hmm. the same lighting designer for Tron legacy. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. It was really cool to work with him, dude. And see, yeah. I mean, just watching him, watching him light was like mm -hmm. fascinating. But with that being said, like this LA standard, people were like, I don't know, just people were be having egos. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was this ego of like, if you were applicable enough to do, be doing yeah, this yeah. job, this, that, and the other, and that's fine. But in Vegas, I've never really heard people ego check each other. There's also cons to that. Yeah. And uh, we'll Which, bring but, that in the negatives. But, but again, yeah, but again, about the ego check, that goes back to the whole thing we just about the splintered fractured community. Cause if everyone's splintered, fractured and clicky, there's egos. Yeah. So that does kind of like weirdly enough, kind of, uh, tennis each other, I guess. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, any I'd other say, strengths? <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things to shit on. Yeah, no, there's a lot sad. of things I don't to shit on. Like, no, I, 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 I hate this, to but, do that too. I mean, we're but, in our city. This is like a podcast in our city. Yeah, like, but, but no, I we got people, a lot of shit but, we got to talk about because yeah. there's a lot we got to do to make and, this shit better. And even if people like listen to the podcast who are from Vegas and you're hearing the same shit over and over again from like different people, obviously there's a problem. Obviously there's and, a problem that's persisting. Yeah, and like if I'm bringing up the same, if I bring up the same shit every podcast, right, and you agree with me on every shit because I don't talk to anyone about what we're going to talk about on the podcast at all yeah no, i, I had no idea i, I tell you today. like what we're gonna do a little bit and i kind of be vague about it but if i bring up the same issues that i kind of always bring up and you agree with me on almost every one of them then there's a fucking problem i'm Agreed. sorry no, hands down no that's that's couldn't yeah. be any more truth to that bro there's i've always felt bad for how much shit i've talked about our film yeah. community you know and i have talked incremental yeah. amounts of shit but I mean, there comes a point when, you know, you got to recognize your faults and like, we're a part of this community. You and yeah. I are a part of this community. Mm -hmm. And if we don't like stand up and, and talk yeah. about, you know, what sucks about it and yeah. what we can do to make it better. It's kind of like the LVA effect. Yeah. We're talking about magnet school. It's like that favoritism. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we got to get out of working with the same fucking people yeah. and, and get out there and expand our knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and this is the weakness part now. Of yeah, it. I guess so. so I guess so, we're yeah. leading into it because so, I don't have many more strengths, man. That, I think which is sad. the biggest it's thing sad. is ambition. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I love that. And that's what's kept me in this community yeah. as long as it's been. And I plan to stay in the Vegas film community for mm -hmm. as long as I can. Like, it's the ambition. Every yeah. person here is ambitious and ready to go and okay. ready to learn and, yeah. and ready to thrive. And even if you've never done this before, yeah. you're ready to jump in arms wide. And I can't say I experienced that in LA. Yeah. I think people think they know what they want to do out there and it, it, there's not really much room for exploration Yeah, yeah. out here. People hop on different positions. I mean, yeah. look how cool, like seeing Michael Forsh now have an award-winning short film that I got to watch in theaters. Like I yeah. went from only knowing him as an actor yeah. to now knowing him in the crew side and, yeah. and winning awards for that. Like that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like is. that's fucking awesome it is to awesome. like see growth and people exploring different positions outside yeah. of their comfort zone. Like, 
that's what I'm talking about. That's the mm -hmm. Vegas ambition. Yeah. When you're in LA and you're a fucking actor, you're an actor for life. Yeah. You're a director. You only fucking direct. Well, people in LA stay in their lanes because they know what they're good at. In they Vegas, no one at. knows what they're good at yet. So, <laughs> man. I don't know. You know what I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that's it. I'm not trying to like, so no, it's true. Like, we're all, it's, it's like, the ambition it, to like yeah. figure out what you're good yeah. at. Again, like, it's I guess like, it can all go yeah. back down to that. Yeah. yeah. So, what else, what else, weakness wise? Weakness wise, man, I have to reiterate your point, dude. Yeah. I think the biggest weakness is just falling in the loop yeah. of working with the same people and the mm -hmm. same projects, the same companies cast the same people. Yeah. And it's a shame to see, man, because yeah, yeah. like sometimes it makes me wonder, like, are you guys stunting the possibility of what you could have done with That's these a future great projects? That's are a great you, question. Yeah. Are you holding back for the sake of, again, like I'm about discomfort. That's yeah. what helps me thrive. Yeah. So if you're so comfortable because you're working with the same people all the time, like mm -hmm. what are you letting slip through the cracks? Yeah. You That's know? a great question to ask. I mean, another thing I like to point out too is like, you know, and I'm at fault with this. I admit to this is that people talk about projects, right? And, you know, they talk about like this whole fucking thing. Like I'm making this movie. Then you never hear anything again about this movie and it, until two years after the fact, maybe three years after the fact. And then you see a still of something. And then you just like, when the fuck did this movie, when's this movie coming out? And you never hear anything about it. And it doesn't, most it doesn't come out. So it's like, that's it's, probably the next Vegas weakness. Yeah. I that's talk that's about. a weakness. A yeah. lot of the projects here don't come out. Exactly. No. And I, I yeah, and that's why I bring it up. I've been a part of most yeah. of them. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like I've, I, I've been a part of at least 10 projects that haven't released. That's sad. Like, but you know what too, the crazy thing is I think all these people are looking for the fast money in the sense of like, yeah. you know, where, you know, they're either going for, but here, yeah, this goes to my second, like third gripe about the shit too, is like film festivals. I'm going to talk about this real quick, but yeah, I'll finish, finish the, um, the whole finish thing. People are trying to look for a distribution or they're putting into film festivals where apparently I learned this uh, from Hassani though. He was saying the world premieres where you can't put on, you can, can't put it before on YouTube or anything like that. Correct. Because my whole thing about film festivals here is there's too fucking many, I think. Yeah. Personally. And I think like the problem is with film festivals here is also like, you know, I, I as a filmmaker, I don't want to go locally for my film festivals. I want to go outside my comfort zone. Again, being uncomfortable yeah. about shit. And you guys did that. I don't know if you guys did locally, but if you did. We did. We had two festivals local. Even if you did two festivals local, you still went outside to Cleve, uh, oh, yeah, Cleveland, mm -hmm. Europe, even Europe. You know what I mean? Like I can't fault you for doing that. But you see these festivals because I, I, you always do this one. That I'm going to shit on it again and yeah, I feel like ahead, they're going to hate me. But Las Vegas action on film. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? I, go, I see this festival. I see like the nominations or things and like there's only two people in the thing or three yeah. people in the nominations and like obviously people won but no one's and also like no one's at these fucking festivals either. No, dude. So like I mean I'm 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 knocking that one because it's the one I see the most talk about. Well, you also have a right to knock it because yeah. they absolutely dropped the ball on this last festival. I mean, it gave Vegas film festivals a bad really? name. Were you at anybody just, dude every day. Oh, and really? let me tell you it was God, dude, it was so bad. Like, I don't even know if I yeah. want this to be on record, but like, yeah, yeah. it was, it was fucked up. Bro. How so? If I may ask. Well, first and foremost, they ejected our disc in the middle of our screening. Wow. And then when they popped the disc in, they restarted the movie from the start and let it keep running. We were already 20 minutes into the movie. They let it run yeah. for the, I had to run and find somebody. They fast forwarded it. They skipped a whole act of the movie. So that's just the screening aspect. Yeah. yeah. Second of all, we oversold our screening. Yeah. So like I, out of all the screens I've seen, because I and I hate to I hate to be uh, and I'm, I'm not gonna talk shit about yeah. Forge's uh, um 
Burrow. Yeah. I don't know how many screens it had, but the pictures I saw and like the pictures of other of other films too, they had no one there. There's like only like five, ten and, people. And, and he and, fell under a really, really bad moment yeah. where like I was there for that because okay. I saw Burrow's yeah, there premiere wasn't, there at wasn't AOF. That many people. Yeah. They I can't remember exactly what happened, dude, but he got fucked out of his scheduling spot. Oh wow, I didn't know and that. And it's again, dude, AOF was yeah. fucking everything up. I didn't ask him because you know what? <sighs> he was on the show, but we talked so long that he was late for work, so we had to stop. <laughs> so we didn't get to like anything yeah. where I could ask him. So I kind of feel bad like uh, not, like bringing it up, but knowing no, that you were there. It, it, he got fucked know. out of his screening too, man. It was a lot of people like yeah. We had an oversold. They made you sell tickets. And first yeah. of all, I don't stand for a festival that makes you buy tickets to go see a yeah. screening because the fucking yeah. filmmaker isn't seeing a dollar of that. Yeah. And if you know anything about how festivals work, you know that the filmmakers are going to pay to go to the award ceremony. Yeah. They pay to submit their film. Mm -hmm. This festival's already making its monetary value yeah. from every aspect of the festival even existing. So the fact that they charge $10 a ticket for people to Holy come see shit. a movie and the filmmaker doesn't even get a single percent of that. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It's That's fucked really, up. Holy shit. So, I didn't know any of this. Dude, so no, it's learning. bad. So we oversold it. Yeah. Do they have, have one screening on this? One screening okay. at AOF. They were supposed to give us the biggest theater at the Palms. So yeah. That was our agreement because we over fucking sold yeah. it. And then they said, oh, we screwed up your schedule. We're going to have to put you in the smallest theater. What? So, dude, we have a line of people out the door. Wow. That can't go in because there's not enough seats that paid for tickets. Holy shit. So here we are. I'm not even shitting you. I think we have videos of this. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would love to show you someday. Oh, please We do. went into the lobby yeah. of the Palms and we took every bench. Yeah. And we fucking said, fuck it. And we opened the door and we put benches all up and down the theater and we filled that motherfucker past fire code. Good for you. Because I was like, you guys can't do this to people. That's great. We're going to send home a hallway full of people yeah, like, who paid who, who paid? paid to be here. You know, and they weren't even like talking about refunds or anything. Yeah. They were like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Like you guys, you cannot do that. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to plug a film festival that, uh, my friend who I, 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 he's, I met him on actually commented on the Facebook page of chasing the frame, Matthew Royal. Uh, he has a film festival in Pennsylvania called the Oil Valley Film Festival, and it's it's pretty legit from what I he was telling me. Hell yeah! In the sense of like, it's I think he mostly like doesn't curious like all submissions from what I was seems like. Okay. So I, again, I had to like listen to what we talked about yeah, and no, stuff like sure. that. But like, you know what? He's a they have a small they don't have a really big community and they don't have any community a film festival <laughs> there or filmmaking there. So they have I'm like, sure, but a lot again, of he's an hour and a half from Cleveland. I think he was, you know. You know Pittsburgh and all these places. Some good, so, good yeah, film communities. Good, yeah, good film communities where they all come together. So you know, if you ever again that one, I would say I highly recommend going to that one. If you ever no, want to submit to it, man, I'd love to submit yeah. to any festival, yeah. and I recommend people submit for as yeah. many festivals as possible yeah. for people that actually care about and, you and your film. And like again, that's why I go to like <laughs> I rather submit films to non-local things because then it it's kind of like the okay, how good am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I feel like if if there's films in that. I think there's films in that film festival that shouldn't have been there to begin with, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I mean, that's probably every fucking film festival. But then yeah, again, there's also, sure. I, I learned curated and then uncurated film festivals. So there's curate where they're getting films in and stuff like that. And then there's like uncurated submissions or whatever it is from yeah. like random people. So, like, depending on the film festival, but still, like, just challenging yourself by going to Ohio, going to, you know, it's so worth Europe, it. Man. It's so it's worth so it. It's so worth it. And, like, you know, it gives you it gives you more clout, I think, as a filmmaker, knowing like, hey, I'm from Vegas, but Ohio likes my shit. 
oh, I'm from Vegas, but Europe likes my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm from Vegas and Vegas Absolutely. likes my shit. Like, okay, who gives a fuck? You yeah, know what like, I mean? I'm sure everyone likes yeah, you out here like, because it, we all fucking like each other because yeah. we're all friends. Well, like, no that's how it works. Again, like, it, goes <laughs> to, it goes to the weakness of people can't take criticism because if you cry, like to criticize people. And then you're a shit talker. Then you're a shit talker. Like, yeah. I guess I'm a shit talker. I don't really give a shit yeah, if I'm a no, shit talker. No, I'm with you, man. You gotta speak your truth. Yeah. You gotta and, speak your truth, and it's just it, that's that's my whole gripe with film festivals out here. It's just like there's too many, 40, too many. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, that's how I feel. So there was that AOF experience yeah. and debacle that I was telling you about. Which look, I'm not trying to discourage people from submitting. I'm sure that everyone yeah. has bad years and good years, and maybe this was just a really bad year for yeah. us to be a part of it. But it wasn't the only Vegas festival that we had a terrible experience. That's at. terrible. We got into two Vegas festivals and had an atrocious experience both okay. ends. And the second one was trying to force us to drop out of AOF because they said that they yeah. wouldn't accept us if it wasn't a world See, premiere. That's and why like, I hate Why would you do that? First of all, that's also my problem too. It's like, you know what? I'm sorry, but for me, let I don't know what the second one was, but if only an AOF, right? If 400, let's say you sold 400, you said 400 people. No, that was the work in progress. Sorry. I think for the, the, I don't remember. It was less than a hundred for right, this, let's say, this screen. Let's but. just say for shits and giggles, 75 people, right? Yeah. World premiere for 75 people to see fucking your movie. When you put that shit on YouTube and probably get a thousand people within like two, two days if you do it exactly. right. Exactly. So like more eyes. It's not. On a, yeah. It's, it's got. What are you yeah. trying to get out of it? Yeah. I love your exactly. point, dude. Yeah. Like if you're looking for views and you're looking for exposure, like putting yeah. it online is going to be better. Yeah. You got to be getting. You want something different from mm -hmm. your festival mm -hmm. scene. It's connections. Yeah. You don't want. It's 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 your film is a business yeah. card at film festivals. That's true. And but at the same time, let me ask you this: Is your is the business card that you're using in Vegas a good business card because everyone knows each other everyone like sees the prog like you know there's not yeah legit I'm people in that regard like to people call themselves filmmakers people call themselves actors that's another thing we'll talk about too um but like you know it's again you're you're connecting and networking yourself in other states in other places in film festivals that way yeah because then you know newer people you don't know the same people same joe schmo like you know if we were again we were at the film festival together we're both in a film we know each other already. Absolutely. What the fuck? Like, yeah, I don't, like no more connection. Like, yeah. hey, let's go get dinner. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fuck yeah. Let's go yeah. talk about why yeah. we're here. Like, we know we yeah, talked we about it last week. Here. Yeah. Um, that's where AOF tried to be different. Yeah. Because AOF's an international film yeah. festival. So I met a lot of people from like Moscow. I yeah, met yeah. a lot of people from Italy. They had yeah, an yeah. Italian film festival. So granted, they so really tried. there's different tried. film festivals at that. At AOF, they're yeah. called the Mega Fest. It's okay. 15 festivals running at the exact same time. Okay. You have the Writers Festival, the Stunts Festival, Hollywood Dreams, yeah, AOF, yeah. Uh, fucking Italian Film Festival. So you have a shit ton of, okay. It's too I, I much that. though. Yeah, that's, like, that's too oh much. Oh my goodness, like too to much. Epcot and try and do that all in one day. <laughs> you that's why all of it failed. Bro, that's why all of it failed. That's why DVDs oh. are being ejected and shit because they're so stressed and they're trying to like and, run the schedule. And it's, and at like, Brendan, it's at the Palms, right? It's at the Palms, which, dude, which, let me, don't I even love get that me. Theater. That's a nice theater. And honestly, dude, you it's know, just, I'm not, not here to many. talk even more shit, but they screwed up our work in progress too. Oh, okay. At the Brendan Palms. Okay. So I've just never really had a great experience with them either. <laughs> I hope we learned a lesson. Never go back to Brendan. Any <laughs> film festival that's Brendan Theater. Yeah, just like, I just maybe the Palms isn't a great yeah. place for the indie film community. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's something that's I'm everyone, learning. That's where everyone hosts their fucking shit. And too. that's where everyone hosts it's it. It's sad. Do you remember hosting shit at the Orleans? Do you remember a few years back when that was a big thing? We used no. to have VIF, Vegas Independent Film Festival, used okay. to run out of the Orleans, and it was my favorite festival in Vegas. Yeah. They would give you, if you won anything, it was a 
a gold-plated light bulb from the neon oh, lit that's sign awesome. I like from the this. Vegas sign. Sign me up for this motherfucker. That's what I'm saying, like, dude. Like, it now. was fucking awesome, and they lost yeah. their funding. Like, a okay. go figure. Like, the best film festival we had out here yeah. has no money to keep running. It was yeah. run by the same guy who had Atomic Liquor downtown. Okay, uh, uh, Kent Johns. Uh, Kent, Kent Johnson. I believe so. Or uh, Kent, Kent Johnson. So whoever yeah, Kent owns Johnson. Atomic yeah, yeah. Liquor. He's dead, yeah. I think he died. Well, oh, my. I think oh he died. Goodness. Maybe that's why Viff, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something I don't know, man, because I never, he, I used lost to own contact. It. I know but, his brother, something like um, that. Regardless, Viff no longer exists. And, and that was one of the, it ran at the Orleans, never had a hiccup in schedule, yeah. had great meet and greets mm -hmm. for people. And then you have the Palms. Yeah. I don't know, man. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. So anyway, well, wasn't but, the Palms under renovation still last it year? It was. So that might've been the hiccup. It, and that might've been the hiccup yeah. too. And during but, our work in progress yeah. screening, they were also still under renovation. See, that, so uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. I will grant it. But the Palms is under renovation, why in the blue festival. hell would you go there? Like, you know what? I, I, you know, there's so many theaters and there's so many theaters that are empty a lot. I, I like going to Regal Colonnade. I don't know what side of town you're in, but like, uh, what side of town you're in? Um, I'm in downtown, man. So I'm all right. Sahara, Maryland like by fucking Eclipse, Eclipse Theater. Yeah, Eclipse Theater. That's not, is that full all the time? Probably not. No. But that, you can run a festival there. Dude, a, a festival at Eclipse Theaters would be awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, I used to live on Fort Apache in Sahara. The um, yeah. the movie theater over there, that, that Regal Summerland one, that was never, you know, crowded at all. You know, the, like I said, the there's so many better places. There's so many, like... I love the Colonnade, yeah, first Colonnade. of all. Like, that's first, one of my favorite theaters in Las Vegas. You go there for any movie, it will ever always be empty. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's great. I go there for, like, opening nights. I'm like, oh, no. Poor Regal, dude. They're me, fucking... Hey, me and my girlfriend were like, want to go to Colonnade? Yeah, no one's going to be here for this movie. Let's go see it. Perfect. It's so funny, dude. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. That's exactly how it goes it, over it, there. It goes like that. It's and AMC Town yeah. Square is the it shit of this town. Yeah. And I AMC like the, Town Square is the it shit of this town when I'm it comes a, to popcorn. I'm going to vent real quick. Go ahead. Popcorn there, terrible. Very loves better popcorn. Just saying. Tropicana Cinemas has the best popcorn at the Dollar Theater. Okay. I'll bump it that popcorn? No, it's not. It's the only thing that's not a fucking dollar there, but oh, okay. it tastes so good. All right. I have to try this out now. <laughs> so, all right. With all that being said. Yeah. World premiere. World premiere. Yeah. Look, man, you can give AOF a pass yeah. because it's one festival in Vegas, but dude, I had two bad experiences that's in too, one too festival circus. Yeah. That's too, too many for yeah. our city. And I didn't have one bad experience in any festival I had outside of Las Vegas, yeah. Nevada. Not one bad experience. <laughs> they didn't hiccup our film playing. They didn't hiccup our screening time. Yeah. Dude, AOF, I, I hate to keep talking bad things, yeah. man, but like our tickets had the wrong day and time on it. That's terrible. So people that were buying it were showing up to the wrong screening. Their website was wrong, bro. Like, how could you do that to us? How could you tell us to promote one day? And then I had to literally tell people, I called them twice. They said that they updated yeah. it while on the phone with me. I was yeah. told that they updated it. And it wasn't updated. So I had to tell people, I, I was getting messages left and right. Yeah. Hey man, are you sure it's not Thursday? Hey man, are you sure your screen yeah, is yeah. not Thursday? Yeah, I know it says Thursday, but please believe me when I yeah, say yeah. it's fucking not. And the next thing you know, they show up and they got the wrong theater too, man. It's like, it, that's not okay. So no. then you got the other one that's trying to hustle us out of getting out of AOF. Uh, which best I don't think damn film festival, I'm guessing? Silver State. Okay. They tried to get us to pull out of AOF, which I wasn't very happy about. I yeah. think that's just kind of a rude request to tell somebody to pull out of another opportunity because yeah. you want to like, you know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Because guess what? You're still, it's a festival. It's a festival. You should all like, the more accolades someone has on the festival circuit, the, fucking the, the better. better. So then secondly, he, the, 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 Jinx, the, by the way. they charge $15 a ticket at this one. Wow. Not even just 10, you, you, not even five. God damn it, John. 
fifteen dollars a ticket, and we don't get to see a dollar of those sales. Right. See, this is my problem too. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> so if you make a film festival, I'm like, aren't they nonprofit? I don't know. Are they profit or nonprofit? I feel like there's some profit that comes yeah. along with it, but it's probably but is a passion also, project. Yeah, it's, like I get it. Like you have sponsors and shit like that. Shouldn't that cover the cost of a? I, I mean, again, I don't know anything about film festivals or how to make one, but like if if these, if I get making like let's say forty five dollars to make your movie or put your movie into the movie theater. Yeah. Like maybe if, if it's a hundred bucks, like let's say it's a thousand dollars and you need 10 submissions, but I can't do math. So like a thousand, like whatever it is, uh, let me do a quicker number, $500, 10, I don't know, whatever, whatever math is. But if you need like, you need money, you need money, but whatever that cost is, like if there's 10 times hundred. Yeah. So let's say it's a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Is that a thousand? Hold on, hundred people times ten. Yeah, thousand. Okay, cool. So let's say it's a thousand dollars to screen all the movies, right? And yeah, you, you need you need ten fucking movies. Make them charge a hundred dollars each, right? To submit to or submit, be a part just of it. Submit or be a part of it. Absolutely. If they, if they get accepted, then they're a part of it. Then you don't need to pay for the fucking. That's what I'm screening. saying, dude. And then guess I'm what? So with you. On hey, that. come on down. Have your friends and family come, and everyone and their mother come on down. Because guess what? You get not only see that movie, this movie, this movie, this movie. You can see every movie. And on top yeah. of that. Maybe if you're going to rent out the fucking theater, then you can go, hey, because it's a film festival, we're trying to make some money. The popcorn instead of $10, I'll pay for $12 or whatever and it's it is. Gonna, you're going to get some yeah. kick in from that or yeah, kickback. Exactly. Absolutely. So dude. if it's like eight bucks for a popcorn, then you get the kickback and you make it $10. You get $2 per person to make it, eating popcorn. Absolutely. So man. there's, I mean, just, it's just hypothetical. I don't, again, no, I don't run a business. That. I don't run a film festival. So I don't know all the logistics, but it's me speaking my mind about it. I mean, Again, this might be the worst idea Dude, ever. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now, man. Like, yeah, I'm also afraid to be talking out about some of these things, yeah. but it's just true. Like, again, like you brought me to another point about AOF and yeah. I'm going to compare them directly with Cleveland and Ohio. Okay, yeah, the indie gathering. Yeah, it's interesting too to know this indie gathering charged, but only for a pass for the festival, which mm -hmm. was how they got money from viewers that weren't a part of the festival. Oh, that works too. You pay $5 and you get yeah. to see as many movies in the day as you want oh, to at perfect. the festival and you get to show up to workshops and you yeah. get to be a part of all oh, of it. Oh, that's awesome. See, now that, like, I think AOF, going back to them, we're shitting on them again, but like, it's sun, like Sundance style. It's trying to be like Sundance. And There's, you can't. And you can't be like if Sundance. If you're not Sundance. Yeah, and, or even Slam Dance. Any of those bigger Just, names one, you can't do that. If, if you want to, I mean, I don't know how big they are because they're an international film festival, Yeah, but still, how many years have they been doing it? How many how, how, what, you know, there's a whole bunch of questions to ask. I'm, I kind of now want to get the person from AOF to be on the show yeah. now to like talk He's, about now, this. Now, listen, now let me tell you that the owner of AOF yeah. is an awesome guy. Del yeah. Weston is super kind. Yeah. Every time I talk with him, he had solutions. He had, yeah. you know, it's not even him. It's the fact that I think what they're biting is more than they can chew with 15 mm. festivals at one time yeah. or, you know, seven festivals. I just remember yeah. it was a lot of festivals lot. at one time. Like that should be over a seven day period of like, yeah, different, not, maybe not like, a weekend, you know, weekend. Not or a even a four day period or something like that. So, now, now let's get off the film festival thing. Let's talk about some other weaknesses because we're just going to get into a whole yeah, fucking no, for sure. <laughs> rabbit hole further. This is going to be bad. Yeah. So other weaknesses, anything else you see? Um, man, I think, okay, this is a recent weakness. I've okay, started let me, seeing, let me see it. Let me. There's become a new trend. I think I've started to see in our city where, People think the fucking camera they're shooting on matters so goddamn much. Oh my god, yes, I think that is enough. That that is my favorite one because you know what we uh, I talked to this guy <laughs> Cody and we were talking about storytelling. Yeah, it's all about fucking storytelling. Like you don't need. I I kind of what we get into this exactly. for. You know what? Too, I was telling my friend Mark, who's been on the podcast a couple times. He also edits the show too, and I was telling him like Mark, I'm like I kind of want to buy a C100 Mark II. 
I'm like, I don't give a shit if it's fucking 1080p. Yeah. Like, I don't want to use it for running gun, small projects. Yeah. Great vlogs, camera, by the way. It, yeah. Small pro- vlogs, anything of that nature. Because like, again, I don't need this fucking 4K beast that shoots ProRes all the time. And yeah. It's also cumbersome to bring around. Dude, yada, yada, yada. I've used a C300 Mark II yeah. on a six month show and yeah. I wouldn't even recommend using it. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. The so C100's got many benefits. Many benefits. And I'm like, I don't need 4K. What do I need 4K for? I'm telling you, if I can tell a good story right now with just the camera I have, and the shit I have at 1080p, there's there's no reason why someone's gonna like for like needs the 4K. Yeah. What's the point? I you know yeah. that yeah. that would completely alleviate people being able to go back and watch films that were made before technology changed. Like, oh, do yeah. you hear how ridiculous that concept sounds? Yeah. Because your film isn't using the specific type of camera, it's gonna be future proofed. I mean, why the fuck do we still go back and watch 80s movies yeah. then? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's, I mean that's different because it's kind of like but film, it won't, but, but it's it won't 35. Be. You well, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I get it. it's kind of like right now, if you yeah. shoot a film in 1080, we're already kind of saying that 1080 is going out the window because yeah. 4K. And you know what's funny? I shoot 720 six. still at work. Yeah? Yeah, we shoot 720 on the news. We're the only station. Really? And is that is that just to get data out quicker or do you know um, if there's any benefits an, it's to It's actually that? an ABC thing. I don't, I don't, know, the whole, I don't okay. know the whole situation. I just know it's ABC. So that's, I mean, we're shooting 20. But think about the amounts of data that they're creating. Oh my God. Why would you want to shoot in 4K raw and fucking transfer this between your studios? You want to know what I'm doing right now on this? (laughs) We're shooting 1080. That's what we're shooting at. 1080 because that's all we have the lowest for. So let's do it. I mean, that's all we need. Look, man. And it's, it's look, if 4K is really your, your thing too, which we shot our film in 4K, but we used camera bodies that were $500 each. We owned them. Yeah. We used the saved money to get a bunch of prime lenses from Sigma brands, mm-hmm. really good quality. And instead you got people in the city that I've heard lately that like won't even, they won't even consider it being good if they don't have a red on sketch. Yeah. You don't have a fucking Ari Alexa. You don't have an Ursa. Mm-hmm. Like, look, man, I'm looking at your black magic right yeah. now. And I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. I love all the black magic line. I support what they're doing to the fullest extent yeah. because they have so many cameras that are matching what the expectations yeah. we need are. With price points that are have actually, have you seen the Z Cam? By the way, no. Check out the Z Cam E2. They have a, they have an 8K camera for six thousand dollars, <sighs> full frame. Shut up, dude. Full frame. Yeah, Fuck. There's, there's your next purchase. There you go, Mary. Look at that. They have a super, they have a super 35 also in 6K and a full frame at 6K. Four thousand, five. That wait, it's six thousand for the 8K, five thousand for the 6K, <sighs> full frame. Just both, and then it's three thousand for 6K at uh super 35. And this thing is like. The size of like, probably like my hand digs, just <laughs> like it's probably that big. That's crazy, it's man. That, yeah, it's and it shoots uh two forty p uh oh two yeah two hundred forty frames per second. It shoots one hundred twenty <laughs> frames. It shoots one hundred sixty frames. It does raw. It, it and is that in four K when you're shooting at that FPS? You can shoot up to ten. I think two forty is uh HD and it shoots H.265, Shoots ProRes. <laughs> Yeah. Look at that, dude. Yeah. And my friend Mark's talked about it so much that he's making me debate my life about buying one. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Like, you're going to end up getting one, man. I'm, I, I know, but like, I'm like, I want to get the C100. Or I want to yeah, get this. I'm, I'm like, you know, so there's a whole bunch of situations about what, the Black Magic Pockets it, have the po- changed the yeah, world exactly. a lot, dude. You know, I mean, the Pocket 4K, <sighs> even the fuck. Pocket 6K, you know what I mean? Like, Beautiful. all that shit. Like, you know, you don't, it's about, again, you go back to storytelling. It's simplicity. It's the, it's about the motivation of the camera movement. It's about the, the the way the camera is like using the lenses and all that shit you know it's not about like yes 8k is great 6k is great future proofing great idea but 
You're an indie filmmaker. Let me repeat this again. You are indie. an indie filmmaker who's barely making it up in the world. You don't have $30,000. To be dropping on a fucking red. On a, on a red, on a, even Ari, just like, even taking out a loan, you know how much you'd be paying back interest-wise? You need, you need at least 10 probably jobs, if anything. And on top of that, you know what the crazy thing is? You need actually maybe more than that because no one's going to pay $1,500 <laughs> for your package. Yeah, so, you're right, man. I mean, I just talked to an LA filmmaker yeah. just like a week or two ago, yeah. and uh, she was like, "Yeah, no, I got my Red Epic, you know, yeah. used for nine grand." Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow, that's way better than retail price, but yeah. it's still nine thousand dollars without a single but, fucking piece of glass." But I think, like you guys, you guys, I mean, I think for you guys, it's good for you guys to have those Reds, or like in the future, I don't think not right sure. away. Yeah, but like you I know, just I think like we're two, there yet. Two, th- two or three years, I can see it being a an, a good aspect. Like maybe if you guys start small with a pocket, I mean, I don't know what you guys, I forgot what you guys we have. We use Panasonic. Yeah, we get, like, we love the Panasonic line. So we use the yeah. G7s full time, yeah, which you, shoot in UHD 4K. If, if you only like just grow up with the black magic next, let's exactly. say Exactly. And that's what our plan is. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Then you go to that, up. then you can go after that. You can probably go to, or you can go to Seacam now that I probably just changed your whole mind. Yeah. About fuck everything. you for that, by the way, you're dude, welcome. you're going to, make me bankrupt and shit. No, I'm not. No, no, that fucking camera's fucking tight, by the way. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I mean, seriously, for $3,000 that you're paying for a 6K, you can yeah. pay... Double that for a camera that's... 8K. Yeah, blows but, it out well, of the even water. Even a 6K camera that's like 4, 3K for Super 35, same price, but like, it gives you more like flexibility than the Black Magic. That's crazy, man. So... I'm sure, that, the color, the, the I'm color sure the color science is, pretty, is yeah, insane. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of things about that camera. I'm like mind blown about so but it yeah. shouldn't stop you from going out yeah, there and exactly. creating yeah, yeah, exactly. like bringing back our point like we can talk about cameras all day yeah. we're geeks yeah we fucking i mean like but, techs are great like uh specs yeah. specs behind the camera are great and, yeah. and making educated decisions based on if these specs are going to benefit you yeah. you should be looking for a camera that i don't know if you're shooting a film and you know you need a yeah. lot of low light Obviously, you're going to need a camera that can perform in low yeah. light, and I understand that some cameras really can't. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you need to get the low light but king. Also, let me uh, let's talk about that too, real quick. Low light is, I mean, as much as I love low light shooting, you really do need lights, no matter what, no Always. matter how you shake oh, it. Oh yeah, even the lights. lowest light yeah, scene yeah, has exactly, some fucking yeah. lights in it. Yeah, no, no matter what you do, you need you need lights, and people don't. I, I know what, being when I first did my thesis film in college in 2012. You know, fucking, I got a 60D and I was like, it's, it's low light. I can do, I don't need lights. And I didn't have lights at the time. So like, you know, it did what it needed to do. Yeah. But if I had some lights and I reshot that whole thesis, my God, I'd be like Roger Deakins. <laughs> like some of the shit in that film was so good. <laughs> but if I had lights, my it God. It changed everything. You, I'm, actually, you lights can call me like Gordon man. Willis too. Lights important. Yeah. So uh, again, the good, good point there. I, I haven't, I've noticed that slowly. By the way, that people it's are just starting, like, it's you're starting. just getting to be it's, this big fucking yeah, yeah. trend that if you don't have the newest Ronin, yeah. if you're using like, dude, Zune's one of my yeah. favorite stabilizer brands yeah. in the world. I love all of their gimbals. I yeah, love yeah. Zune, and like, I got people that just like oh, yeah, won't even S? touch it. Yeah, you need the Ronin S if you're even going to have something similar to the Zune. Like, it needs to be yeah. the Ronin S. Like, why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Why are we boxing ourselves with what equipment we can or should use? Like yeah. the Zune Crane Two is 500 brand new and we're not even talking about the used market yeah. and it comes with a wireless follow focus. Do you yeah. understand the value in that? Whereas the Ronin S you have to buy it separately after you spend the thousand dollar price tag to even get the wireless focus actually, feature. Like, no, you don't actually. I think with the regular $500 one, $600 comes with it as well. Little, like, it's really, but does it come with the motor? 
I think so. No, because you know why? It, wait, so if you Because can, it comes with the knob built yeah, in, like it, the Zeon Crane 2. I've used the knob, though, for the GH5. Because it has the wire, because yeah, you can run it through the USB. Yeah, yeah. That's why. So, yeah, man, like, oh, there, okay. there's, like, the motors and shit are separate. They're oh, gotcha, like, depending on the thing. You know, so just, I don't know why people dog the idea of saving money to yeah. become a more efficient filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what indie communities need is yeah. efficiency. Well, it's a, it's a vicious cycle, too, because indie filmmakers, like, will pay you dirt cheap rates. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I read this a long time ago. You, they pay you dirt cheap rates, and then you're trying to look for work again, and then it's a whole vicious cycle of you trying to find from work and then getting paid low and yada, yada, yada. So, like, indie filmmaking can't grow in that respect. Yeah. And then here's, here's one for you, I think, is acting. There's, if you take a pie chart, right, about 80 to 90% of the actors here can't act. And about a good 20, 10 to 20% are the ones that are trying to act and trying to, like, get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Can you repeat those stats again so I can hear I, what your opinion I, is? This is my hypothetical. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. 80, just so I can, okay, you take the pie chart. Yeah. 80 to 90, depending on who you are and what day I feel like it yeah. is, can't act. They say they're actors. They say they Truth. you know, are background actors. This, that, the, it's a whole bunch of shit. But a good 10 to 20% on what day I feel like it is, can act. Are the ones striving to do well? Are the ones doing the best they can? Are trying to grow as filmmakers? That's my stat. I think that's fucking accurate. Wow, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm dead balls accurate. Yes. I think that that goes with acting and I think that yeah. also goes with the filmmaking community. Yeah. I think that we have, we have those few people in Vegas, those mm. few companies, those few teams in that 10% margin yeah. that we really know are like really accelerating in yeah. their craft and accelerating in their ability to tackle projects at a larger mm -hmm. scale. And then we see that 90% that's stagnant. Yeah. They might keep releasing things, but the growth or the, the want yeah. to grow or, you know, I, I think it goes both ways, man. Actors, yeah. filmmakers, there's just a lot of people want to say that they are, but aren't willing to put in the work to become. Yeah. And you got to put in work. And I mean, yeah, I know you, everyone talks about like the freelance shit and stuff like that. And like, you know, I you can't put in the free and the freelance after so much after a while, you have to ask for money, and if people aren't going to give you money, then just move on. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then like you know, another thing too is George Elias. Uh, his episode just dropped the, uh, last Wednesday. I don't know if you heard that one. No, but he talked about basically how you know he's. I don't know if you know him, but he's a filmmaker here. He does a lot of YouTube stuff and shit like that. But he's he's asked actors, you know, to be on his set, and you know he doesn't have the money to not much money to pay him, so he'll pay him like you know twenty five bucks or maybe like yeah whatever, whatever it is whatever man. As but long, even yeah. for them to grow, they're like no. No, I'm a bad, you know, I have, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He had problems getting people. So it's like, so I asked him, like, why do you act in like all of your movies if you're trying to, because, well, I can't get people sometimes. So that's his yeah. issue. So that's why I was like, oh. Yeah, man. I mean, I haven't experienced that too much. We've been yeah. really lucky that every casting call that we've done yeah. has been quite successful in terms of yeah. like, we're, we're up front though, too. When we host yeah. a casting call, we don't hold anything back. Yeah. Like, this is what you're going to get on set. This is what you're going to expect. Mm -hmm. No more, no less. Yeah. And we get people that come to the auditions that know and are ready to yeah. get what we're willing to give. Yeah. So I haven't experienced that too much, but I have had, um, I have had some people that don't take it seriously enough, probably mm. because of the numerical value that they're being yeah. paid or whatever that is. You know, yeah. some people that, you know, we have a blacklist at Rising yeah. again. Oh, wow. So you, if you, if am you, I on that blacklist? Yeah, absolutely. 10 times. I knew it. <laughs> if, um, if you've signed up for a rising again audition yeah, and you know, call no showed because we do private auditions, meaning that you have to sign up for a time slot. And yeah, once yeah. that time slots are located mm. block it. 
So if you sign up for a time slot, no call, no show, we yeah. don't allow you to a future audition. If you do and we see your name come up and you even show up, we're not yeah. going to see you and you're not going to be considered. It's well, just something that we started. So that had to start because at Daddy Loves Me, we had roughly 22 people out of a... Holy dang, shit. Dude, roughly like 22 people out of the whole day, no call, no show to that Holy audition. Holy that's, that's 22 too many. Astronomical, man. I was that, like, I couldn't believe crazy. it. Like, it's 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 put in the audition notice that if you sign up for this time, yeah. someone else can't sign up for it. Yeah. That's how we set up the online system. We Makes always sense. do our sign-ups yeah, yeah. online. And and to just not care? Yeah. I mean, either you think too highly of yourself or you didn't think highly enough of what we're doing to have the respect and attention yeah. to let someone and, who gives half of a fuck to actually and understand. And you're not helping growing the community at all. And get the fuck out. So I, I that <laughs> yeah. is where I'd say I've experienced it. And since we started yeah. blacklisting. That has really Fancy, changed. Yeah. I got to be honest. You know, I'd recommend it for any filmmaker out there. You know, set your standard. You're man. giving away a little secret by telling us your blacklist. By the way, you know, it's not a secret, man. I'll let you know straight up if you're fucking blacklisted. Okay, it's no well, secret hey, with me. Know. You know, like we tell people, like I, we had somebody message us, text us yeah. at the home audition because this was such a known thing when we started yeah. doing the home auditions that couldn't make it. He was like, "Oh, I'm stuck at work." Yeah. He's like, "I just don't want to be blacklisted. Yeah. Like, I want to audition for you guys in the future." That guy wasn't blacklisted. Like yeah. he had the decency to be like, look, I'm sorry. I took a time slot. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. Like again, it's communication. I know yeah. how this all goes yeah. full hey, round. Hey, hey, you but know? That's like, the main theme of this podcast. If you think about it, this main episode is about communication. Communicate, man. Yeah. Learn how to communicate with people. Um, if you can't live up to your word, communicate yeah. it. Exactly. Fucking communicate. Communicate. Any other weaknesses, by the way. That's all that's really coming to mind, man. All right. That's hey, all that's really what coming to can mind. we do to you know, get to that next level. Do you think we're at that next level? I think we're on the brink of hitting the next level. Yeah, I, We've I, been on I, the brink of becoming the LA two for like six fucking years. I don't want years. that moniker. You know what I mean? I don't want the LA two. Like, like, why do you want to be compared to LA? You want to do your own thing. You want to be compared to LA in a really weird way because like, that's again, where people hold the standard. But New York's not compared to LA. You know but what I mean? New York has its own thing because of Broadway. Yeah. But, you know New York has, but New York has a certain style of filmmaking too. Yeah, no, that's you very I mean? accurate. That's you very know, accurate. Yeah. Even with the terminology that New York filmmakers use on set, yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally yeah. with you on that. So, and and even that too, I think, like, you know, if we're kissing the ceiling, let's say, we're our lips are barely on the glass, and you know, I think the problem too to get to that next level. Let me see if you agree with this: is we can't make a horror movie or a party movie. I think it needs to be something that's, you know, something new and unique in the sense of like. I'm going to take Moonlight. I use this example all the time. Yeah. Moonlight, right? Moonlight's a movie where you're in Miami, but you're not really in Miami. Right. I don't want to see the strip. Give me the suburbs of Vegas. Give, yeah. me the, give me the heart of Vegas. Give me the, you know, give me a little bit of the strip, but don't give I'm me the with, strip. Dude, you know you what I mean? Brought, you brought my next weakness. I didn't have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we stop? Guys, please, for the love of God, let's stop shooting at these dry lake beds. Yeah. Let's just stop shooting I'm in these shoot desert whole film in a dry lake bed. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Just don't, John. <laughs> <laughs> you just see me in a, a whole, really aerial, believe, aer, whole aerial shot, whole 30-minute movie of a one shot in an aerial dry lake bed down at uh, down the 93 or whatever. No. <laughs> if you believe in helping grow this community, yeah. we need to stop shooting in these same generic locations. Yeah. No, I agree. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You know, you're right. I'm, I dude, never I'm about just that, saying yeah. that like, I'm one of them. Yeah. I have shot in a dry lake bed in the past multiple times, yeah. but like, it's it's so true, man. Like, do you want to show Vegas? 
Yeah. Or do you want to just go to the same fucking places that everyone yeah. else is filming? Exactly. We always do dry lake beds for movies. Always fucking go, show the strip, show the strip, yeah. you know, downtown. Like mm-hmm. Vegas is not that small. Like we got yeah. places and daddy loves me. We really wanted to shoot at Red Rock yeah. because I'd not seen somebody really utilize those mountains yeah, that yeah. way. And we did like we went and found this really secluded part. Like we drove deep into it yeah. and we were like went on a hike and we went and shot a scene there. And it was one of our favorite scenes in the movie because yeah. I just felt like for once I shot somewhere someone yeah. hasn't here. It was refreshing for you. It was refreshing for me. So I knew it had to be refreshing for someone else yeah. when they watched it. But dude, how must it feel like the 10th time you see the dry lake bed on yeah. somebody's movie? You're like. Okay. I've been there, I think, yeah, yeah. to that exact same lake bed. And it's not knocking, again, like yeah. you have to work with what you have and yeah. maybe like you, this is the only location you can and like go ahead and do it. I'm not telling yeah. you not to. It's like, just consider but that there's do alternatives. It differently. I think do it differently. Give me like, you know, um, if you do Vegas, if you do the strip, don't do the same shit maybe then. Let me, let me maybe rekindle, uh, re Find a way that. to make yeah. it different. Yeah, make it different. Like go, maybe go downtown even though that's a little, little dangerous if you if you go between the strat and whatever, <laughs> but maybe go around there. But not at night. I love that area. Yeah, uh, uh, Naked City. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah, I've been there a handful of times actually for work. Yeah, but, no, uh, it's only for work. This yeah. is, if you're not there no, for work, then no, yeah. Oh god, what are you there for? Uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, what else do you think can get us to the next level? Or is that it? We need to. <laughs> We need to stop thinking that there's only one piece of the pie to eat. Okay. How so? Meaning that people aren't willing to share. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the whole click thing though. Yeah. It's like you're, you think that the only way to make it is that your crew makes it. Yeah. We could all fucking make it in this industry. Do you really think that there's only what? 10 movies that come out a year. I mean, that's ridiculous. There's enough room for all of us to eat both in commercial work. Yeah. How many apartment complexes are out here? Just because you run one apartment complex, you don't think that you can land a contract with another company or a building. Like there's enough work out here for all of us, man. And the fact that we're all just trying to compete so hard, like my favorite part of Vegas is the fact that we're all ambitious and we're all willing to try to learn and grow. I think that we need to now learn how to be willing to work with others and play nicely. You know, (laughs) I agree. You know what too, this kind of goes back to a weakness. My problem is with mixers also. I haven't said this in a long time is I went to, one mixer and I had the, the worst experience. The Nevada film no, office it, mixers? No, it wasn't. It was, it was, uh, um, Indie it, film factory. No, mixer? no, 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 no. But it's always the same people at the film. That's the what I'm mixers. saying. No matter where you go, yeah. I was about to make that same it, point. It, it's the same was, people was, at all was, of them. It was when the Mahals were going to have that TV show with the Rod, Rod, sh- yep. whatever his name is. Absolutely. Rod something. But, um, you know, I wrote down, it said like, Hey, write down your name, number, email, what you do, all that shit in the paper or whatever. Did that. No one ever contacted me. So it's like, what was the point of going to this mixer? If you're just going to hype yourself up or what's the point of like, it's just to hype yourself up. You know what? You know what we should do? I meant to uh, Mark a while back and I'm finally going to say on the podcast because I don't give a shit if anyone steals this. You can take it if you want. Okay, I will. But you you know what you should do is you should reach out to people in your different network and you give them golden tickets. Let's say, let's say me, you, Edgar, my friend Mark and my friend George are all in this thing. And now I give you a golden ticket. I give you a golden ticket. I give Edgar one. I give everyone one. And you have to be the writer for this movie. Edgar has to be the director. Mark okay. has to be the sound guy. Or, and George has to be the actor in it. And then you're all working together finally and learning from each other in that regard and making something. That's why I think. Yeah. And that would be help, more helpful than a mixer. Because then again, you're learning, hey, I'm not really a strong writer, but I, you know, I at least have a strong support from a good director or something like that. Or, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? I agree. That, that's, I think that 
that could be very they helpful. Try, I feel like the 48 hour filmmaker fil- film does. festival tries to do it. And then we get the same problem where the same clicks of people yeah. get together and they sign up as a team on the yep. 48 hour. And, and the like, 48 hour film festival um, is a joke, I think too, because you know, apparently you have to pay to get in that too. You do. You have to is, pay to fucking yeah. enter as a team. Yeah. Which is dumb. I think it think that should not be a thing. And then apparently like the people that, you know, it, it, it I know it's someone, uh, it's not out yet right at this time because it's, you know, I stack all these, but Rick, uh, Rick Shipley explains it really well. I actually had him on the podcast and he explained why he doesn't like the 48 hour film festival. I can't remember his reasonings. It's been a long time since I listened to his thing and I've done a shit ton of podcasts between that time. Yeah. So he, when uh, that comes out, we'll, we'll revisit that. Badass. Yeah. So that's, that's all. I think we got a lot of room to grow, man. I think yeah. it's really just going to come with a few simple things. Let's stop clicking up. Let's start be willing to work with new people. Let's all realize that we can all eat in this industry and that we don't yeah. have to compete so fucking hard. Um, and, and boom, 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 boom. All right. So last two questions, okay, buddy. We're, we're getting to the finals finally, yeah, right? Let me know. So last question is what's the last piece of advice nugget you want to give to the people listening? Um, last piece of advice. If you need advice in this at all, it would be be willing to struggle, man. Yeah. Cause struggling to be an artist, but being able to live your art is the ultimate truth in life for at least me. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people in this world that have a passion for telling stories, a passion for being a part of entertainment might be reserved by the idea that if you're not stable, that you're not living life correctly. And mm-hmm. I mean that financially. Yeah. It's worth it, man. The bad months are worth it for the phenomenal months mm-hmm. and the lows are worth it for the immense highs. And yeah. there's been months where clients are low and we're trying to find new ways to scale business. Mm. And then we have months where we're doing really well. And next thing you know, you know, we're winning awards in Belgium and sitting there watching it in Europe happen. It's there's, there's a certain feeling you can get to life by being an artist. And I think that if you're scared, um, don't be. And if someone's making you scared, then just realize that that person doesn't dislike you. Doesn't, Mm. That that person's not meant to be cut out of your life, but yeah. that person's not meant to guide your path. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Gotta guide your own path. I yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that. I like that. Good, good ending to this uh, episode. And then last question is, what's your social media? Social media. So, um, I'd like to push people to my music because that's okay. what a lot of stuff you're going to see is triple V. So T R I I I P L E V three eyes and triple, um, rising again, L V for Las Spend Vegas. Tribal. <laughs> Travel. Yeah. Uh, so we got triple V we got rising again, mm-hmm. LV, um, and Adriel Roman. And you can find all of those on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, and we have official websites for all of those as well, but Wonderful. don't reach out to us on Twitter. Cause we don't use that shit. Well, psh, 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 psh. I know, man, everyone's telling me to get into it, yeah. but I already suck so bad as it is with getting on yeah. social media and being prominent with it. Yeah. That Add in one more social media and none of it's going to get done. I-F-T-T-T. If, then, then this. It's an automated system. I use it to push the podcast on Twitter. Really? Yeah. And can you, you can link multiple different like Facebook? Uh, yeah, you, there's different ways of doing it. I'll show okay. you after. But hey, Adriel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was thank a pleasure meeting me, you. It's a pleasure you know, getting to know you. And thank you guys again for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. I don't think I missed anything. Um, also, guys, if you could, please, 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 if you could, uh, rate the podcast on any of those sites, that would be wonderful. Um, I can't do this without the 
my frame chasers and I'm just trying to bring knowledge to all you listeners out there and I hope you are gaining some great valuable information and learning something from it because we all have a story and we all go through things at the same time or at different times and I hope the people that are on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames. Okay guys, we are out. Thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. Hopefully we'll catch you next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Peace.